This is The 20 with DJ Spider, presented by BeatSource. Hey everyone, welcome to The 20 Podcast, brought to you by BeatSource. I'm your host, DJ Spider. DJ Spider! Oh man, what an insane couple of weeks I have had. Uh, how have your gigs been? Let me know. Send me a message on Instagram at DJ Spider, DJ S-P-I-D-E-R. Send me a direct message and let me know. Or leave a comment on our YouTube page underneath. Let me know uh, how your gigs have been, any topics you want me to discuss, all that stuff. I care about you guys. I want to know. But I also, I know you guys care about my crazy stories, so I'm going to let you in on uh, what kind of crazy couple weeks I've had before we get into this episode. Um, I played some super fun gigs in Atlantic City, New Jersey at HQ2. Shout out to everybody over there, Zach and Manny and everybody. Um, then I went over to DJ's in Belmar, New Jersey, which is absolute insanity and it was labor day sunday no less so it was the craziest day of the entire year at that club so look it up online if you have not but wow they sing the calling that song just the synth part if you play it just over and over so uh it's a sight to behold um i was also in virginia beach Uh, i got to play a festival on the beach that was put on by the city of virginia beach shout to my man joe Fu. we got to do it together it was so much fun Um, also shout to chad hugo uh legend that i was able to reconnect with through being down in his hometown um And um, what else happened, man? Okay, so from there, came back home, came to L.A., spent some time, some quality time with my wife and son back in L.A., handled some business, and I ended up creating an entire original song from scratch with Travis Barker. Um, I started this this beat. I started doing it, started working with my man Novador. We sent it over to Travis, ended up in his studio for an entire day, I have like some footage that maybe I can release at some point, but so much fun creating this whole original song from scratch with him. He's playing drums. I'm scratching. It's all sample free, all original music. Um, Like I said, my man Novador helped me out so much with it. Johnny Good, the bass player for Lady Gaga, played bass on it. We had Kate Thrash play guitar. Um, It was just so much fun to do and uh, that was just the beginning i've got so many stories out of this but once we finished the track i went i had my first night at the floor room which is a new hot spot in la owned by the tau group um you can find me there the next two fridays this friday next friday and hopefully a bunch more after that playing really dope music i'm able to it's like more of like a lounge vibe but keeping it sexy so much fun i play all types of dope stuff eccentric edits and Tronada and like really dope music older hip-hop so come through floor room uh so i i literally went there the second we finished the song finished my set stayed up all night went right to the airport in la took a flight from lax to jfk straight to new york um went straight from the airport right to the tommy hill figure um fitting room where i got fit in all these tommy hill figure clothes look at this jacket okay it's not coming out for a while so exclusive baby um <laughs> gotta show off for you guys but the song we composed was for uh the new york fashion week fashion show for tommy hill figure which was insane everybody ever was there from kodak black little uzi vert trippy red kind of rappers to kate moss and travis and john baptiste and 
I mean, every celebrity, everybody was there. It was insane. I ended up being up there during the whole entire fashion show um, in the pouring rain. And then we, me and Travis performed the track live for the entire crowd and pretty much for the entire world because it got streamed inside of Roblox, YouTube, on Tommy Hilfiger website, um, all over the place and still lives on there if you want to check it out. Um, and we were in the pouring rain, so RIP to all the DJ equipment. <laughs> I had the new Techniques MK7 turntables soaking wet, new 3000s, had the S11 mixer, my computer, which I don't know how I'm recording on right now, lived through all of this. We'll see if it crumbles or electrocutes me, <laughs> but um, wow, what a thing. I've got such crazy stories from that entire trip. Um, thank you to everybody that helped me out with everything. And uh, hopefully I'll share way more about this and more of these stories soon. If you want to check the performance, like I said, it's on the Tommy Hilfiger website. It's on their YouTube page, the entire archive. You're able to see us perform live. Um, It's also on Roblox and pretty much every fashion magazine from Vogue to Rolling Stone to everything. uh, It's on their Instagram. So I'm so grateful for that experience. Um, I'm working on my own recap video from that event and all the stuff leading up to it. So... Wow, crazy two weeks. Thankful to be back out here DJing and doing the thing and being able to share it with you guys. If you guys got any questions or anything you want to talk to me about, like I said, hit me up in the comments. Send me a DM. We can discuss more of this on the show. But enough about me. Let us talk about our incredible guest on this week's episode. On today's show, we have got a DJ who has been doing this for over 15 years and it shows her ability to play so many different genres in a knowledgeable, creative, and talented way is beyond impressive. She has played many of the major clubs in Las Vegas, which is where she's based, from Encore Beach Club to Marquee to Jewel and way more, and she continues to be a staple in the Vegas scene out there. She's constantly doing clubs and playing at all the biggest, most high-profile clubs and just absolutely killing it. Um, She also tours around playing nightclubs around the country herself, Um, And uh, she was the DJ, the tour DJ for Jordan Sparks in 2015 and 2016, going all over, doing everything from concerts to corporate events. Um, And then in 2016, which uh, was the birth of this station, she started her own weekly mix show on Sirius XM's Globalization, which is when that started. And it's still running to this day. So that says a lot about her and her skills. Um, And the show is listened to by countless people. Her skills are undeniable and her drive is unmatched because during the pandemic she took to live streaming and she took it to really a whole new level, like beyond a lot of the DJs that were killing it on Twitch. She grew an audience of 20,000 followers. Her subscriber level was huge and probably still is. Um, And to this day, she's doing multiple themed shows per week. Uh, you got to go check it out. Um, so I'll let you guys hear the rest of her story in detail in this interview. Please welcome to the show, VTech. We're here. It's the 20 Podcast, and we have got VTech on the show. Make some noise, everybody. That's right. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Blad-ow. Snoop gives you a blad-ow. <laughs> you're in the house. That means you're official. <laughs> 
the 20 yes. podcast. Thank you, Snoop. <laughs> yes. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yes, sir. Oh, Pharrell with the yes, sir. It's okay. <laughs> um, yes, VTech, like we just said before we started recording, we've been talking about this for, what, a year, a year and a half. It's a long time coming, this interview. So I'm happy you're here. Yes. <laughs> Likewise. I'm happy to be here. Welcome to the show. And um, yeah, I just... Uh, Randomly, before we get started uh, all the way and people get to know you, um, I just talked to Brian from the park in Sacramento and I, because I was doing a little research on you, you know, looking at your social media and different stuff. And I saw you post a flyer for uh, the park in Sacramento. And I was yes, talking actually to him. this weekend. Yeah, I was talking to him last night and he I was like, oh, I'm about to interview VTech tomorrow. He's like, she absolutely crushed it at mix. Like he was saying so much good <laughs> stuff about you. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's very nice to hear. Yeah. And he knows what's up. He's been I've been DJing there for like over 15 years and he's had every DJ ever. So for him to say that, uh, I think is a big deal. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for letting me know. It's always yeah. good to hear cool stuff like that from people who book DJs. So. Yeah, right? That That's what you want to hear. So all you bookers out there, you, she's getting a cosign <laughs> from one of the hardcore bookers. <laughs> Listen there you to go. That. Listen up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so for people that don't know, um, you are based in Las Vegas, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, you're originally from Los Angeles, yeah, well, LA County. I always say LA okay. to anybody who's not from LA because okay. so you know Southern, if you don't if you're not from there, right? Southern California, okay, <laughs> almost the IE, kind of right in the middle. Oh, so. really? Like I'm where? Di- I grew up in Diamond Bar, Diamond Bar, California. Oh, yeah. Okay, I know. It's like right next to Pomona. Yes, driven through, seen it, <laughs> been there. <laughs> that yeah. makes me feel like I'm in one of those flyover states. I drove through it once. <laughs> driven through it. <laughs> Nobody well, goes no, to I mean, but, I drive right through it. <laughs> I drive right through I'm it. I'm kidding. When I'm you're kidding. going to Vegas. Well, when I go, my son yeah, has right. all these soccer tournaments, so we end up like in every city ever, like, you know, Pomona right. and Norco and like all these IE spots. Yeah. So I've been through it. Um, but you've been in Vegas for a really long time, right? I feel like I've... yeah. You know, I look at you. I've been as- in Vegas for since 2013, so oh, it's been okay. a minute. So almost 10 years. Yeah. And within that time, oh my God, you've pretty much DJed at like every major club, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like some of them aren't there anymore. You know how Vegas is oh, the yeah. life span of a club is like. Yeah seven, eight years, except for if you're a Tao or something like that. But yeah, I wouldn't say every single one, but most of them, I mean, that were here when I got here. So yeah. Yeah. And you're still, and you still do, I mean, a lot of them regularly, right? I saw you were just at Marquee uh, Beach Club and um, Mm -hmm. I mean, you seem to do all their properties, like the Tao Group stuff. Yeah, Tao Group. Exactly. So Tao, um, Jewel, Marquee, Marquee Day Club, um, Right now, right. M- m- bleh. right now, mainly Tao Group properties. Yeah, yeah. but um, I used to play at Encore Beach Club for a while and just, you know, one-off spots here and there. So, yeah, been around. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Amazing. Well, yeah, those are, I mean, those are like the top spots in Vegas for people that know or, or don't know. And now Tao owns like almost every single everything <laughs> <club> right <laughs> except for like the win i kind of lucked out in that regard <laughs> oh my god it's crazy right and like their main open format spots are still like marquee like you said marquee tau jewel and uh i think yeah. that's it maybe some other stuff here and there but tau beach right tau um, beach yeah they hakasan they own hakasan now right. i haven't played hakasan but i know they um oh wait no 
Well, pre-pandemic, they were doing that Sunday night. That was more open format, which was kind of hip hop. But uh, I feel like lately or since, you know, for a while, it's it's back to like pretty much an EDM or whatever it's called trap kind of spot. <laughs> it depends <laughs> yeah, who's there like, like a lenium or you know True. that kind of trap i mean yeah like yeah i feel like it's kind of um, hit and, like sometimes they'll have hip-hop big hip-hop djs you know like right. little john or something and True. then you'll have a lenium who just is super hardcore like edc yeah. playing main stage type dude yeah right <clears throat> so right. yeah and, like, nightmare and all that um yeah and, and so you know i know you you play all these amazing clubs in vegas and and i want to dig into that a little bit more um but you also seem to travel a lot and like, you know, be a tour. You were, you've been a touring DJ for a long time. Um, do you have any places that are like your favorite places to DJ, you know, when you go around and play around the country or the world? Um, recently, I've since I've been on Scam, I've kind of played some venues I've never played before. So yeah. I think often you have to play like you might have one good experience at a venue and then the next time might not be as fun or vice versa. It wasn't fun the first time and now it is. So I'm still kind of doing the double round on these to kind of see which ones I like best. But right. um, just anything that where the crowd is really fun. Actually, recently I played in Winnipeg at this club. It's It was 18 and over and you know how those kids like to party when they're oh, yeah. 18 and they just go nuts because it's their first experience yeah. being clubs. I love, I love like, that. It's fun. I love 18 and over clubs. Oh man. It's like reminds me of OHM in um, Hollywood. Remember that one? It was 18 and over. Yes, totally. They would go nuts. Yeah. It was cool. I love the energy because I'm like super high energy. I mean, don't get me wrong. I played like hip hop and all that stuff. But in my soul, if I can jump around and party my whole set, yeah. that's what I like to do. So that club was, it was called Cowboys. It's in Winnipeg. It was surprisingly um, just so energetic. And I think it's the 18 and over aspect. So pretty much any 18 and over club I'm here for. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> but 21 and over is also fun too. Right, right. No, <laughs> it's, Vegas, just, it's so. a different vibe. Yeah. I mean, it, they're... There's even becoming like I feel like in some cities or in LA now that are like you're allowed it's 21 and over but they're geared more towards older crowds and stuff too like I did this spot last Friday flow room and I think it's geared towards an older the people that want to go yeah. out but don't necessarily want to be in the like nightclub bottle service like with peppas and crazy stuff in your face you exactly. know maybe hear like some older music or more Catronata-ish vibes but still be able to party and have fun yeah, like those are cool. It's like just a different type of DJing, a different type of fun. It's more of a vibe, like you said, yeah. um, over being a huge party with cryo and confetti and, you right. know, peppas and all you said. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's all, I love DJing in general. So any, I can really vibe with most gigs. Um, although LA is a bit tricky because LA is just, everybody's too cool in LA. So it's always <laughs> like, you got to play all the B-side Drake tracks, you know, to be cool, but. Oh my God, it's yeah. so true. Yeah. I prefer Las Vegas over LA. <laughs> just put it that way. Yeah. Well, it's way, people come to Vegas with just the idea of partying and going crazy and letting loose, spending money and just going all out. And yeah, LA's either you're from out of town and you're trying to fit in, so you're trying to look cool, or you're you live here, so you're in that whole vibe of like, I'm showing up to the yeah. club. Like the club closes exactly. at 2 a.m. and you show up at like 1.47 a.m. or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly like LA. Yes. And it's it's cool, it's a vibe and all and but yeah i mean just personally i've always liked to party um right. and i'm not afraid to admit i like a big party because some people will say 
uh, oh, you know, I just love to DJ. So it doesn't matter the room. I'll play small room, big room. And of course I'll play small rooms, big rooms. I love playing small rooms. They're cool, but they, it has to be like house party vibes, yeah. not like small room where everybody's just too fucking cool to dance or like enjoy the music or look like they're enjoying music because they're trying to be cool. Right. So yeah, I don't know. I just like when people are really vibing, whether it's a house party vibe or a big EDM club type vibe. So yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. <laughs> I mean, I that that was sort of my challenge with with this gig Friday night because they didn't want people to dance, but they do want it to be a vibe, and they wanted certain kind of music, and so it was like, and I did the whole night, and so I remember like the first two hours, it was cool, and then the owner came up at like midnight, and was like, all right. You're doing great. You're playing in the room perfectly. Now's the time to bring up the energy 15%. And I'm like, I love those like exact <laughs> percentages. I'm like, like, oh, let me go ahead and turn my throttle up real quick. Well, yeah, I'm like, I'm glad you said energy. that because I'm about to, I'm about to hit them with 13% and then I'm going to add on a 2% <laughs> right at the end. It's like, I know. Management always has a funny way of like <laughs> dictating what sort of energy should be in the room. When right. You, it, it, it's just funny that he would say 15%. Right. That sounds very manager-like. <laughs> I know. Like, what are some of the things, like, managers have said to you that are just ridiculous? I, just, or they'll say, like, bring up the energy or just, like, random stereotypical basic things like that. Oh, that like, is so typical of Las Vegas. Yes. <laughs> um, I mean, generally speaking, I feel like lately after the pandemic, it, they're not so down your yeah, throat. I agree. With, um, but be pre-pandemic, yeah, like you could be, you'll just get random, um, like, and also, you know how Vegas clubs, there's like 15 managers, right? So it's, I know. You, sometimes you don't even know they're all on different pages. Somebody yeah. might think one thing or the other. Yeah. So I would say pre-pandemic, they were more nitpicky about things where you could be literally like going hard and they're like, bring the energy up and you're like, all right, or make it more chill. And you're literally playing like Usher, <laughs> you know? So it kind of. <laughs> It's a little bit of a game where you're like, okay, I'm not going to argue with you because you're the manager. But at the right. same time, I'm like, well, what exactly do you want me to do here? Do you want to slow it down and play some like reggae for you to really chill it out? Because I'll right. show you how to chill out the room real quick. I know. But, uh, you know, it's become a finesse. Like the more you play, um, I would say too, the only, pro the only places I've really had that happen a lot is Las Vegas. Um, but I would say yeah. the longer you've been here, the easier it is to read them and know exactly what they mean. That's true. Yeah, and and if they know that you're like a credible person, then maybe they won't give you as much shit as like if they're like, who is it? You know, it's your first time there. Yeah, where they're really watching you and they're like, you know, listening for every little you know detail, which is kind of shitty because I've even had some friends who DJ who I know are great DJs. Yeah, but maybe um they come into a room that they're not familiar with in Vegas or they're not familiar with management telling them anything at all. Right. So when they say one thing. People who play a lot in Vegas take it with a grain of salt and you just yeah. do what they say. But other people, if you're brand new to playing in Las Vegas, they get all like, oh no, am I fucking up when they're not? Right. They're just being told regular things by managers because, you know, that's just how Vegas is. But, yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I mean, look, it's taken me forever to get to the point where I'm like, I know, I know what I'm doing. I know I'm a good DJ. Right? So if they don't <laughs> like me, it's not me. You know what I mean? It's like the situation or them or whatever it was. It just wasn't right. You know what I mean? It's like almost like a relationship. 100%. Like we're just not meant to be together then. You know what I mean? It's like I know that I know what I'm doing and I know how to do it. But if you don't like how I'm doing it, then uh, see you later <laughs> type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you develop a little bit of a thick skin um, yeah. the more you play and the more you get um, – I didn't turn the volume off on my iPad. 
Oh, it's okay. okay. It only does Twitch notifications. <laughs> so it's all right. I can't um, hear I use it. it to... Okay, cool. Um, uh, yeah. So you develop kind of a thick skin the longer you play, and the more you get um, booked and get good feedback. When you happen to kind of disconnect with a venue or a management, which really doesn't happen often, but if it does happen, you kind of just like you said, it wasn't a right vibe. It just wasn't for me or whatever. Like yeah. I didn't. It just wasn't for me. Like not everything was for everybody or not every room is for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And let those comments sort of like take it in, like you said, take it with a grain of salt and then just go forward and not let it yeah. like throw off your whole thing. Um, yeah. What are some of your like favorite residencies that you had? I know, like you said, you did Encore Beach Club and, and a bunch of places in Vegas. Do you have any specific ones that stand out to you? Well, Encore Beach Club was awesome because it's Encore Beach Club. Yeah. And um, to be in a booth that's made for the biggest DJs in the world, and I'm, not, I'm just talking technical. The speakers right. are banging. Yeah. The hospitality is banging. It's like, and I'm playing house music, which I love. That was my first, I was playing these backyard raves in Compton back in the day. So really? <laughs> that was my first thing. Yeah, I was into dance music, you know, Amazing. back when it was more like yeah. indie so, disco. So Remember growing like up the, in, the, in the IE, you were part of the rave scene? Yeah, totally. I mean, and I've been going to <laughs> raves for 15 years now, too. I just love going. I just think it's so cool and magical. Um, and I love that music. So right. the fact that I was playing at Encore Beach Club, dance music with banging speakers, and it was just a vibe. So I was there for about three years. Um, Mighty Mai was the one who put me on there. Nice. Because I was making music with him. And um, I would say that stands out as just being fun as hell because obvious reasons I just mentioned. Yeah. And um, I mean, and the reason I even moved to Las Vegas was I started working with Tau Group. Okay. So I played Tau Beach and I would open the nightclub a bunch. I would never headline. I would just open Tau. Right. And I was like, I want to headline so bad. <laughs> but it was just one of those things that just hadn't happened. But um, I still loved playing the room um, because it was a major, you know, Vegas nightclub. And then yeah. all the Tau Group properties after that and uh so those stand out anything in vegas always stands out the big right. the big clubs you know yeah um but aside from that i always loved playing ohm in hollywood so like yeah. i said the energy was just top tier i know and it's true i'm sure there's ones i'm like kind of not, i mean i've played so many venues over the years i'm yeah, sure there's but not no, those ones i mean there's legendary. other ones <laughs> yeah i remember coming yeah. to see uh yeah you guys and mighty my at uh encore beach club and yeah it's just insane it was like just world-class top-of-the-line venue and booth and everything yeah it's like summer you're in las vegas you're playing house music you're drinking yeah. it's just like a vibe yeah. <laughs> good times for sure so you so you came up going to raves and uh listening to dance music and stuff like that what was like your first rave or the first thing you remember going to so i actually went to my first rave was at the Shrine in LA and okay. it was called How Sweet It Is. I think it's been since changed to Beyond Wonderland. I think that's what that rave is now. Okay. But um, that was my first one and I was like, this is cool. And then I went to EDC and when it was still in San Bernardino. Yeah. In 2006. Okay. And um, I can't remember where it was. I saw him. I saw Tiesto though. And I was like, I knew I wanted to do something in entertainment. I had been thinking about it for a while, what I wanted to do. I kind of wanted to sing, but I was like, oh, we could be a singer unless you're like Whitney Houston, phenomenal, because it's so saturated. <laughs> uh -huh. And I wasn't like great. So I was like, what could I do? I know I'm an entertainer somehow. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what the exact route I'm going to take is. Right. But um, I saw Tiesto and he was 
obviously DJing and I'm like, that looks cool. I, I want to do that, <laughs> you know? And I had two buddies who DJed, but, um, you know, it was all backyard type stuff. So it wasn't really too, um, nothing really clubbish. Yeah. And, um, I didn't have anybody in my family who DJed or anything like that. So yeah, I just kind of saw that and I kind of went with it. So I bought my first pair of techniques after seeing Tiesto wow. and uh, that's where I got VTech. Veronica is my name. Techniques, VTech. Oh, that's pretty easy. Okay. I, didn't, I never <laughs> put that together. People think you drive a Honda. I know. People <laughs> think I'm like, and then I didn't realize at the time because I started DJing in 2006. So I didn't realize at the time it's a kid's toy or like a telephone brand. I, like that's if I had funny known you that. Say that. I, I didn't know that either, but I have a kid and so I would buy him things and it was like VTech. And I'm like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> exactly. I know. People send me shit all the time. And like, I'm, I know. I don't, I wouldn't have named myself after a kid's toy, but I didn't come to know that until seven, eight years later, at which point I'm like, I don't really want to rebrand. <laughs> so, no, I think it it's so separate is. and different. I mean, even I, I see your name and the kid's toy and I still separate it <laughs> in my head. Yeah. I could never trademark VTech, I guess. <laughs> so right. there's yeah. that, but. Well, maybe oh, you well. collab with the company and do something. There you um, go. But that's cool. So you got, <laughs> so you started off with turntables, techniques, and just mm -hmm. started off on vinyl or did you immediately have Serato then or? So I started off on vinyl briefly. Like I went record shopping um, because I didn't know, that's what I knew about DJing is right. turntables, records. And I had this old Vestax mixer, this gold one with no faders. It was all knobs. Yeah. Um, it was just, you know, and it was really frustrating to learn to the point of like, I would cry because I'm like, I don't. <laughs> fucking understand this like what the like what i couldn't really figure out what i was supposed to be doing yeah. and then one day it just clicked i did one of my friends explained it to me kind of because before there's no youtube really with any tutorials nobody in my family knew to teach me so i'm just like trying to learn by myself by playing the record and then the other one and like right. what the fuck is supposed to be happening here you know yeah and so i would cry and i'm just like fuck it's so frustrating <laughs> and then a friend of mine told me you know, try this, do that. And I'm like, oh, okay. So it clicked. So maybe for like a year I was doing records and then I got, um, my Serato box and, uh, that was another beast to, a, uh, you know, oh, yeah. tackle because I didn't understand cue points and all that. When somebody showed me cue points, that's when I was like, okay, like I don't have to, you know, I can not constantly search, you know, cause the waveform thing was fucking me up too, because I'm like, okay, wait, Am I supposed to be watching this or listening like before? I don't know. Right. It was just all kind of new. So started on records, went pretty quickly to uh, Scratch Live. And um, yeah, I mean, once I got on Scratch Live and figured that out, that's, I was only on record for like a year. But I mean, I still yeah. will play here and there, but we were already in that era of Serato. So. Right. That was like the time when it was sort of the changeover. Yeah. What, what records were you buying or what kind of stuff were you playing Dude, at Dude, I was buying the most random shit. I mean, whatever I could find. Because I didn't also, I didn't have, nobody in my family's musical. Nobody was like, oh, this artist, you need to know these people, you know. And I always am envious of a lot of DJs who talk about their musical family members and they taught them all this music knowledge. And I'm like, okay, there was my cat meowing. <laughs> it was really loud this time. Right. It's all um, part of the home <laughs> home interview process. We've got cats, go. dogs, turtles, whatever I know. makes sense. I would let him in, but he would literally like want to be all over me and it would just be too much. Well, maybe he, so, can, do a, um, he can make a cameo at the end. A something. cameo. Maybe I'll let him in in a bit. Um, 
So now I lost my train of thought. What oh, it's okay. Saying? No, you were just saying you were buying all types of random shit for your records and yeah, like, like I what you were practicing like, with. Yeah, stuff like that. And that's probably also why it was very difficult for me to learn because I'm literally buying like Grease and then I bought like Michael Jackson and then I'd buy Steely Dan and then I'd have, <laughs> I was just buying records. I had no rhyme or reason. Right. I mean, I kind of looked at names that I knew, but I didn't really know the music. It was just names that I knew. And I'd go to a lot of thrift stores and some vinyl stores and just pick shit out and just to practice with. Right. So that's really what um, the kind of records I had was all over the place. I didn't have a cool record collection like some of y'all OGs or anything like that. It was just records yeah. <laughs> that I could well, find. But funny so. enough, that that's sort of like um, show it still feeds into like your style now. Like I feel like you're so versatile, like watching you on Twitch and the amount of different um, – specific themes and genres and stuff that you're able to like pull off knowledgeably and and you know like you're really good at playing all the different genres so it's funny that you're like I Thank started you. off with every genre and now you're know, still doing I, when it I, <laughs> <laughs> when I was also like a kid I used to have this karaoke machine that my parents bought me and I would record off the radio on the tape you know cassette yeah um and I remember at the time, the songs that I liked were so eclectic. I remember loving Alanis Morissette. I loved Daft Punk. I loved Celine Dion and Jewel. Like, it was just all these random, like, I don't know. Just to me, it felt a little bit eclectic now. But right. knowing, then I didn't know what genres were. I just liked the songs, Yeah, of you know? course. Yeah. Um, and, like, for Christmas, I remember my parents bought me Jagged Little Pill. <laughs> I, like, learned the whole freaking al or album, whatever, back, yeah. front to back, and I loved it. I listened to it. My parents were like, turn that shit off already. Like, Jesus. But, <laughs> That's um, amazing. So yeah, then what did, what did your parents think when you were like, I'm going to be a DJ? I saw Tiesto. I got techniques. Like, what, what happened then? <laughs> you know, my parents are actually super cool and supportive okay. in that regard. Um, I would lock myself up in my room, and I would be DJing for, like, 10 hours, sweating my ass off because it was an add-on in the house. There's no air yet. I'm literally dripping sweat. My parents are like, you want a sandwich or some water? <laughs> but they were super supportive. They always were like, if that's what you want to do, go for it. You know? How, how and, old were um, you? I mean, if you don't mind me asking. No, it's okay. Um, I was about 17. Okay. Crazy. I think, yeah, yeah. when I started. I want to say like, because I started going to raves at like 16, 17. Right. So. Me too, probably. Around that time. But then for like, yeah, that while I was like. Like while I was playing those backyard raves in like Bell Gardens and Paramount and Compton, I would be practicing in my room, downloading music and going to blogs and just like yeah. sweating my ass off trying to get music, you right. know, because I fell in love with it. And I was like, this is so cool. I love doing this. Yeah. And so it's easy to practice too much when you love something, you know? Oh, totally. I pr have such a similar like story like that where same, I was started going to raves, you know, in LA around 16, I was going to the... I went to all the. Back when there was an age before an age limit. Yes, <laughs> there was no I age mean, limit back then. Yeah, and this was or like sixteen or something. Oh, there was no age limit. These were like illegal, yeah. like you know, it was Pasquale, <laughs> like the same person that throws. Make the, a left at the red house. Yes, it was like <laughs> right. that. We would have to go get this little card with the directions, and um, but yeah, I mean, it was the same kind of thing. We, I would go. I didn't even know what they were doing, and I would go to Pasquale's raves, like the Insomniac raves, and all that stuff, Sick. and. I remember seeing the DJs and same thing. I'm like, I want to do this, but I don't know how to do it. And nobody knows, knows how to do it. And then my one friend had turntables and same, we would just buy all kinds of records like drum and bass and hip hop and try to mix it together and figure yeah, it out. So just all over the place. That's why it's so hard. You're trying to, yeah. you know, mix some like 
82 BPM, bleh, yeah. 82 BPM track with some Daft Punk, like 119 right. BPM record or something, and it's just not working, but you didn't really understand what that was happening yet. Totally. And you finally clicked it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's the kind of the beauty of it. And I feel like that's where you, you get that experience and you get that knowledge and you even get that ability to be able to mix all the genres together because you didn't learn with just like, oh, I have the intro edit and it goes in and out. You know, like you're like, I got to yeah, figure very out true. how to hear that one part where it cuts out and put the drum fill or whatever it is, you know, like, yeah, gives you a different skill. Or songs that start with a little bit of um, right. vocals before the downbeat, you had to count like when I could drop it in so that it could be on the downbeat when it's yeah. Yes. Start starts, you know, like things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, and then, but all of that shows like now in your DJing of how you're able to mix all the genres and um, all that stuff. So it pays off in the long run. Um, yeah. I think so what cool. helped me on Twitch too yeah. was um, playing a lot of genres because I felt like I would get burnt out just playing hip hop or just playing dance music or just playing whatever. Because I've been on it for over two years now, and I feel like if I would have just stuck to one genre, I might not have either played as much as I did, or I would have burnt out and not played at all anymore. Because I'd be like, I'm bored, right. you know? Yeah. But um, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I mean, you really, like, kill it on Twitch, and you've, like, put in so much work. Thank and you. for as as much as you were doing before the pandemic and before Twitch and as successful as you were, you were doing all those amazing Vegas gigs. And, um, but when the pandemic hit, um, there were certain people, you know, a lot of people went on to Instagram live and Twitch and all that. But I think you were one of those people that stood out as like, you were putting in work on multiple fronts from the way it looked from the green <laughs> screen to your thought out themes to the way you were just running the whole show and talking to the audience and you know it was like a professional operation and even to this day like Edwin a week or two ago just sent me your stream when you were on he was like look at this like you know Edwin from DJ City he was like look at her visuals yeah. he was like analyze it I'm like I know it's insane like I don't know how she does all this stuff and uh, yeah well shout out to Edwin that's nice of him to say thank you yeah yeah we were just texting back and forth like looking at it like oh my god this is crazy and I love how you'll do the oldies and you'll make it look old and you'll have the overlays with the old TV <laughs> and you'll do the rave cave you know and you you really make you feel like you're there you know as much as possible for like a stream of course experience. you know virtually but yeah like it's a little bit more of a visual added sensory to your audio you know yeah 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 I mean I was going through some <laughs> of the ones that are just like on your your twitch I know you do basically any genre you ever want to but you had like some you know past ones of like house disco funk the rave cave which is obviously <laughs> rave yeah. hip-hop r&b a ratchet set 80s set 90s <laughs> set i was like yo you're like a human serious xm machine or something like <laughs> like you just could turn any well that's channel. the beauty of twitch yeah it's so it was cool, just cool though. to be able to play yeah like i love i mean like i've come i always thought i loved all genres of music but i right. feel like playing on twitch has really given me a lot more of an appreciation and love for all of the, the genres and yeah. um, just connecting with people with all these different things and uh, getting to make the backgrounds because I do my own graphic design. That's what I went to school for. So oh I, my God, I that's incredible. Just, but I had all this free time in yeah. during the pandemic. So it was kind of easy because I had so much time. So I'd spend like 12 hours making like a background and then I slowly <laughs> built upon them. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's why I get to make all these cool little 
backgrounds. And that's what makes it more fun to me to play these genres because I'm like, got these colorful lights and I'm playing 80s music, you know? <laughs> it's right. corny as fuck, but it's great. No, it's the and, best. Um, same same with yeah. me. Even if I'll, or if I'll get hired for a virtual event, it's not even a Twitch thing and they want me to put something together, I try to make it exactly or i did like a burning man thing and i was like djing inside of mushrooms and doing crazy stuff and yeah like, that's awesome so much fun <laughs> so and cool. it makes it more fun for me to build it and just feel like i'm there and then i could see myself on the screen i'm playing the music and you know and totally. i know doesn't I it my make little, you feel happier about yes, it yes totally and <laughs> yeah. have the stream deck and bringing it in and being able to show you're able to really really get your own personality across i feel like you know 100 percent, yeah that's that's it's definitely amazing. a place to kind of shine and do. I throw all whatever I've got at Twitch because I try to stand out, stay interesting, keep people coming back, make people subscribe. Like, so I literally, whatever last talent that I have, I try to throw at Twitch, whether it's rapping on screen, drawing on screen, or like whatever I can do. I'm like, how can I incorporate this? Because I just want to be interesting and have these people come back because I know it could get stagnant for some people. Yeah. And I'm like, what else I got? What else can I muster up so I can keep people up yeah, in here, you know? That's so interesting, though. So, so because even the things you named off are maybe things that people wouldn't have thought of or wouldn't even bring into their musical Twitch. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah. I mean, rapping on, on stream is amazing. But, like, drawing <laughs> and stuff like that, um, too. You know, like, so, yeah, what are some of the things, I guess, you know, you're so experienced now from doing it for um, – over two years, what are some of the things that you've learned um, maybe that you could pass on to people that are, are doing it or want to get into it or things like that from Twitch? You know, um, first of all, just do it. A lot of people think because everybody's been on for so long, they're like, well, it's kind of late now. I'm late to the game. Yeah. But, you know, there's a, fam a famous quote that I like. The best time to plant a tree was 10 years ago. The second best time is right now. Because, That's you know, people great. tend to just not, yeah, people tend to just think, well, you know, it's already late. Like, who gives a fuck? Just do it anyway, right. <laughs> you know? Because then in five years, now you're going to be five years experience with it. So, so true. Yeah. So that's the number one thing is just do it and you'll figure it out along the way. Because just like I would cry when I first started DJing because <laughs> I didn't know what the fuck I was doing and I'd just be so frustrated with right. not knowing. Same thing with Twitch. I would watch, uh, it took a couple months before I could even get more viewers than just my family members in there because uh <laughs> i didn't really yeah it was difficult and i see everybody getting so successful and i'm like boo hoo what's a raid train what's a hype you know hype train what's a emote you know all these yeah. things and um eventually you figure it out though and then it becomes second nature right and i remember telling myself when i started twitch and i was so frustrated remember how frustrated you were when you didn't know shit about djing and then you learned how to dj and do different things and yeah. so now you're comfortable with it. So I told myself that and I was like, be zen. And so it was just patience. And then within, you know, a few, like a few months, six months or so, you're, you definitely know what's going on. You're still learning, but you know what's going on where it's not just deer and headlights on the screen, you know, <laughs> right. like everybody probably was when we first started on Twitch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so just do it. And then you'll figure out what your likes and dislikes are and what makes you feel comfortable. And, um, I would say, too, if you have weird things, like quirky things about you, I mean, to an extent, like, leave them. I remember I'd watch myself back and I'm cringing because, you know, when you hear your own voice or you watch yourself. Oh, yes. You're <laughs> this like, is my life. Yeah. 
I can't. I'm like, yeah. I gotta listen back to edit. I'm like, I don't want to hear myself talk or tell exactly. The story. Why is it so cringe to I hear yourself know. back? But it's hard. you know, and I would, yeah. The one thing I would tell myself is to slow down when I'm talking because I talk so fast and I don't realize it until yeah. I listen back. Oh, that's such like, a good <laughs> lesson that I've had to learn from this. I'm like, I gotta shut up more and I gotta talk slower. <laughs> it's like hard. I talk so fast and I don't realize it at all. So really, I try to be conscious of it when I am interviewing or whatever but um but other things that were kind of maybe what i would normally cringe at i leave because i think that people tend to like your quirks and your personality yeah so yeah just let yourself shine whatever it is your personality is if you're kind of if you're cool and collected and calm that's cool if you're weird and you like to make funny noises on the mic do that you know and you develop <laughs> your own community and people just come back for you. So, right. you know, the best advice. Do you do like discord <laughs> and stuff like that in conjunction with your uh, Twitch? I do have a discord. It took me a minute to get on discord because I didn't really want to um, take on another social media you right. know, platform. Cause I'm like, we already got to do so fucking many, you know, oh Twitch, yeah. Instagram, Twitter, you know, now Twitch, I mean, I'm sorry. Um, TikTok. Whatever, you get it. TikTok, yes, yeah, which it. I barely started, and I still haven't learned how to make content for that yet. But um, So I was like, okay, I'll get a Discord. And um, it's a little bit slower now, but during the pandemic, I'd be posting, you know, I still post my shows on there, but during the pandemic, we'd be more, you know, talkative in there and stuff. Yeah. Because it's basically an, a social media platform for just your Twitch people. Right. So... Yeah, you could talk about all things Twitch and everybody knows what you're talking about. Right. It's not like Instagram where people are like, what's a Twitch? You know? Right, right, so. right. It's almost yeah. like a message board that's like built for Twitch and like built for your own yeah. world to as big or small as you want it, right? Yeah, I post like recaps on there for people to watch back or see what's going on. Just yeah. And you're still super active on Twitch. Like I know some DJs have have completely stopped. Some have fallen off. Some have changed their schedule. Um, is it? Do you still love it? And is it still as, um, you know, good, either lucrative, money wise, or good for your brand? Or is it still something that's worth it for you? I guess. So, anytime I can make money at home in some basketball shorts and socks, like I'm fucking here for it. <laughs> that is the truth. So, yes. There, I love Twitch. Wait, I hold on. will not stop. Gotta give okay. it a blood out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I don't think I'll stop on Twitch until there's nobody watching me anymore. Like sometimes there's going to be months where I'm very slow on there because I'm out of town a lot. There's right. a lot going on. I just yeah, can't get changed. on. Yeah, it's changed. It's generally, a time. Yeah. yeah. So I would say monetarily it's a little bit slower, but like as long as I'm still making enough money for me for it to make sense for me, yeah. I'm there. Um, because where the fuck else do I get to play rave music and jump around and be an idiot and get paid? Right. Uh, that's it the end of sentence where else do i get to do that on twitch you know right and it's a great place for me to put my graphic design background to use and keep me um sharp on my skills for that because right. i have to create things and it's yeah. great and like i can you know if it's saturday night and i'm not booked i'm like fuck it i'm on twitch let's go you know let's fucking party right <laughs> so i know do you get a great. pretty good really audience like if you do it on a saturday night Oh yeah, you know, and generally if it's Saturday night, I'm doing something party mode-ish. Right. Um, usually a rave cave. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I get the zoomies where I'm like, I want to fucking jump around. <laughs> so I'm going to get on Twitch. Yes. And, you know, I'm sure you've interviewed enough Twitch DJs to know that um, even though we're here in a room with a camera and there's nobody there, 
you're talking to your community and you feel like they're partying with you, yeah. you know, with the emotes and the animated emotes, especially now, cause it's kind of a little bit more, right. you know, exciting to watch. Um, yeah. So I love Twitch and I'm not going to stop until I'm not making like any money or I'm not attracting any audience. Cause even if I'm not making, you know, good money, like our particular night or something, I don't give a shit. If I'm playing dance music and I'm having a good ass time, I'm here for it. Like, it's fun. Yeah. I'm at home. I'm there, And, you know, I mean, it's not always just about the money. It's like, that's what I was saying is that maybe it could help your brand or maybe it could do something else. And also, like you said, you're hon you're honing your skills as a graphic designer and all these things, and you're recording content that you never know who's going to see and could lead to something totally different also. Very true. I would say the number one thing I like about Twitch, aside from, like, you know, attracting new, um, and that's another thing you, I have gotten many new, you know, fans cause right. people who see me on there that would never have otherwise discovered me. Yeah. Um, or known who the fuck this random DJ from Las Vegas is. Yeah. Um, that's a, an upside, but I would say the number one thing I love about Twitch is getting to play whatever I want, whenever I want. Like there's also, when else am I going to get to play an oldie set? Nothing but fifties and sixties music for four hours. Right. Nowhere. I mean, yeah. you could drop that shit in here and there, but you're not going to get to play a whole set yeah of, you know and interact with the audience <laughs> yeah and plus be able to hear what the audience is saying back to you about it or, or they tell their stories related to the songs and it becomes a whole interactive community kind of thing of listening to that music yeah and then you'll have people especially on the oldies set you'll have people come in and say like oh this reminds me of my grandma exactly. or my mom who passed away or something and i'm like i'm fucking happy i can bring some of that yeah. back to you or you know they're cooking dinner and they're like my dad and i used to cook dinner to oldies all the time or whatever so I'm like, cool, this is like nice. There's uh, a little bit of a bigger purpose than just playing music and people partying, whatever. Somebody has some feelings of, you know, with some fond memories. That's great. So yeah. I'm here for it. If I can help somebody out, make them smile, let's do it. Right. And how did you start? I mean, because you've built yourself up. You have over 20,000 followers on Twitch, which is huge. Not a lot of DJs have that, I don't think. And like, how did it even begin? Where was the first time you're like, wait, what is this site? I'm going to figure this out. <laughs> yeah, I knew that people were streaming on Instagram live. So I did that too. But it was kind of a lot of work to yeah. set up all the things needed to stream well. Right. And it was kind of a pain in the ass. And I mean, it was fun while you're actually streaming. And this is the pandemic. So we're not doing shit else. So you have time. Yeah. But I would have to set it up, tear it down because I didn't have a space set up to stream every time I wanted right. and um, you didn't really make money on Instagram live and when we were not working at all you kind of wanted to figure out a way to make money because nobody's in the clubs we're not playing you oh know god trust me I know <laughs> yeah you know of course you know so yeah um, and then somebody told me that you could make money on twitch and I was like what I can make money on there <laughs> let me that's what got me to twitch is I heard that you could make money because right. people could subscribe and stuff and I was like okay and here I am in like May or June of 2020 thinking like okay, so what is this place and this thing and how do I stream? Yeah. So I started, um, I set up a little area, makeshift area that really if you saw it now, it'd be like pathetic. It looks like I'm in a storage room. <laughs> you know, there's like things that every, I crop it so you can't see all the shit next to me and whatnot. Right. But um, I started streaming and it was really slow and frustrating at first, but I'm like, this is cool. What else am I going to do? Yeah. Whatever. Started streaming a bunch and then um, <clears throat> slowly, you know, you started bringing more people in and then generating a little bit of income. Um, although minuscule at first, you know, it was still something. Yeah. I mean, we weren't making money doing anything else. So 
um, that was cool. And then once I kind of got real serious about it and I started streaming a lot, I told my fiance, I was like, I need a space where I can just turn it on and plug in. I don't want to have to set it up every time because it's discouraging to have to do that. I'm like, I, know. I don't want to take it off or tear it down and set it up. It's a pain in the ass. So he helped me kind of build uh, one of the spare bedrooms in our house into a Twitch studio, which nice. is where we're in now. I mean, it's cool. It like doesn't look like much, but it's actually, you know, there's it's all set up to be very streamlined. So I can just plug in, boom, here we go. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's like, so the, to answer your question, I got started because I knew you could make money on it. And it was live streaming, which I had already done on Instagram. Right. It was just a different ball game, but yeah. more or less the same thing. You're still streaming DJ sets. And then I saw, oh, people can make little borders and backgrounds. And I'm like, oh, okay, I know how to use these programs. I went to school for this. Let me yeah. see what I can muster up and do. And then I started, um, you know, building different backgrounds and stuff for my first green screen was actually, you know, those green lime green poster boards from like the dollar store. Yeah. <laughs> I just taped them all together. And that was my green screen for a minute. <laughs> and then uh, I wish I had footage from the original streams because it was kind of cool to see how it's evolved to like the rave cave now. Right. From like the first initial, you know, graphic design things. And like, that's another thing I tell people, you nobody needs graphic design for Twitch. Like I do it because that's part of who I am. Like yeah. that's what I went to school for. I like it. It's fun. I enjoy doing it, but you don't need it. Um, it's not necessary at all. I see so many successful DJs on Twitch who just have a, you know, the wall behind them and like a tree and like yeah. maybe a little logo on the bottom. And I think that's fucking awesome. Like that's super cool and impressive and amazing. And then you have people like Four Color Zach killing it with like the funniest shit ever. Oh my <laughs> and I'm God. like, and he's, he's the same. So I mean, he's graphic designer too, which is why he, he has all that amazing stuff, you know? And then he brings other people yeah, and into scene. it. Yeah, scenes. Too. Like, oh my God, scenes. He scene really. Uh, some of these people, I feel like I started at the same time and then just watched them like take it to the next level. Like scene is like, I'm like, how you got your turntables bouncing around? And- yeah, doing like the thing <laughs> that they do. I'm like, he's fucking cool, and he's you know he's an amazing a DJ. Oh so. yeah, not and only four colors act. Exactly. They're both like two of my favorite DJs as well it's as like top notch A list. Like so But I, I feel like you bring that to the table too. That's what I'm saying is that you're you're able to pull off these genres with such uh like knowledge about them and such good skill as a DJ as well as all the other things. Thanks. So it really brings that full package and that's why I think that you have such a big audience on there and why people have gravitated towards you and um did that, did being on Twitch lead to any other things out in the real world or did that lead you to start working with Sujit at Scam Artists like you mentioned or anything like that? Yeah, I would say it did. I mean, I knew Sujit already right. before, but um, I'm sure I was never really on the radar for Scam, um, which like I didn't think much about. And then mm-hmm. during the pandemic, you know, I did a couple guest sets on the Scam page. Right. And um, from what Suja tells me, he just, he's like, I love that you just love to DJ. Cause I guess I, you know, I'm always pretty smiley and bubbly on my stream, which is, it's genuine. I'm kind of usually. Yeah. It comes across genuine. It doesn't come across like. A, <laughs> I am happy. You're, you don't seem like a game yeah. show host or something like, hi, we're here. You know, you seem like you're being yourself. And that's, that would you're be just kind like, of funny though. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the DJ Like I'm show. picturing that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I guess they, there is a clear difference between like, right. you know, look putting on the face for an entertainment show and right. then like really just having a good time. Yeah. So I am having a good time. And I think um, that's something he noticed. So I would say Twitch definitely 
um, put me in Sujit's uh, mind for scam artist and, um, you know, and then he asked me to be on scam and now I'm on scam. So aside from that though, I think, um, I've done a couple of like brand things, you know, where you do a couple streams branding this right. product or, you know, Hey, I use this or whatever, yeah. and then getting paid or free product or whatever. So that's mm -hmm. kind of helped in that regard as well. Um, yeah. And then there's people who book me or wanted to book me just because based on my Twitch, like, right. Or I'll post recaps on my Instagram and they're like, Oh, like how do we book you or whatever? So Twitch right. has helped a lot, like a, a lot. That's great. And as far as being on scam, do you like having a booking agent and work? I know you've been on other booking agencies or management companies on and off. And you also probably do have done your own thing and, um, you know, to build yourself up to that point. But do you like having a booking agent or working with scam or just working with booking agents as a whole? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've been on a couple different ones, um, that didn't really work out, but I do like being on scam. Um, I, I love, well, first of all, I already knew to get into these major clubs, generally speaking, you're going to have to be on the label. Right. You have to like, they're not going to, unless you happen to know the owner or the booker or whatever, it's really hard to get into major clubs that you want to get into without being on some sort of booking agency. And so I knew that, um, but I couldn't, you can't just like go ask to be on a booking agency and then you're on it. You know what I mean? You kind of ha have to ask to work itself out and you get on there. Right. So, I know. I've been um, trying to, like, I had this conversation with someone a week or two ago and he's like, well, how do you get the agent? Like I need the agent. And I was like, well, I don't, it doesn't work like that. It's not like you just yeah, you walk into guitar right center and you're like, where are the agents at? <laughs> oh, uh, aisle three. Great. I'm going to pick one up. Like, I think it has exactly. to work out you have to have the right synergy with the people and they'll notice you or you'll notice that you know and because you could have an agent and nothing could happen it could suck you know if they, and if they have nothing to work with on their side like they have to sell you they're a salesperson you know and so a lot of times people think oh they'll just plug me in but it's like they have to sell you to even plug you in a lot of the time so you have to give them uh something to utilize right this is like such a good topic to bring up because many people, um, and this is just kind of across the board booking agencies. So it's not even being specific, but yeah, a lot that's of people what I'm will saying, get just as a whole. Yeah. yeah. People will get on an agency and think, okay, cool. I'm set. I'm going to be booked. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to get all these crazy clubs cause I'm just on this agency. That's not really how it works. You have to right. give them something to sell. Yeah. And if you're not giving them anything to sell, they, it's hard to sell you because, you know, while they might have the connection to get you into a certain venue, there's still a thousand other DJs that they might want to book over this DJ A who right. um, really they're like, well, show me something, you know? And they're like, uh, if you don't got anything to show, that's why I always tell DJs, get on Twitch or exactly. make your TikTok start popping or yeah. post more content on Instagram. Do something. You have to be, there's so much content and so many people doing stuff. And people like to complain that they hate that it's not just DJing anymore. It's all this other stuff. Nobody likes it, but that's what it is. So you can either complain about it or you can get on the train and get these gigs, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. You got to give um, some content for them to sell you with. So yeah, there's people who are on the same agency that might have a horrible experience and then that might have an amazing experience. Right. But it's all what you put in to get out, <laughs> you know, so you have to kind of put in work. Yeah. yeah. I think everybody likes to generalize like, Oh, this one sucks. This one's good. This is that. It's like, everyone's going to yep. have a completely different experience. And as much as yep. you put in, you're going to get out, whether you have a booking agent or not, that's the truth, you know, and that's what people need to realize. And doing Twitch 
every little thing you do can all add up. It's all like cumulative too. Like, you know, it's not just like, yes, of course you'll see certain people make one song and then blow up, but that's like winning the lottery and comparing yourself to something like you have to keep putting in work from all the angles. Like I'm doing this, I'm DJing out, I'm doing a podcast, I'm doing, you know, and and then your agents can work with that stuff. You know, you never know who's going to see you in where and in what capacity. Or what time those dots are going to connect. And like you said, sometimes somebody gets the one hit wonder and they blow up. But who's to say they didn't throw a ton of other things out that they did that didn't right. get noticed? That's just the thing that got noticed. Yes. And so it's all about just putting, like the, like like I said with Twitch, I put it, everything I've got to Twitch, like everything. Like I'm like, what else can I do? Like here's everything that I could possibly do with the time that I have, and uh, here you go. Here it's like this yeah. is all I could do, right? <laughs> so with anything, like with DJing, here put content, even if you think it's shit. I mean, don't like make something that you know is shitty and like put it out if you just genuinely are like happy with it put it out you know what yeah. i mean like like just throw like do stuff it's a lot of work to make it in anything that's creative these days um so that's why i feel like we really have to use all the different outlets all the social media that you can it's a pain in the ass not everybody right. wants to do all that stuff but that's yeah. just what it is now, and so. we get ca- i feel like you get caught up in your own head of like like you know how much you post and how much you put out and all the different things so to you you're like oh maybe i'm doing enough or i'm doing too much but other people have their own life and are doing a million other things that are getting bombarded from every angle so really you should post and put things out more than you think you know because it's gonna get lost in the sauce like eventually you know right so you gotta Mm -hmm. keep like being consistent with like this podcast i gotta do it every week your twitch streams you gotta do it all the time if you start falling off you start falling off the radar of people and then new things start coming in you know and you have to like yeah keep that consistency make sure it's fresh make sure um you know, st- stuff like that. Like, and then you have to make it fresh for your own self to feel good about it. Like you said, when you, where you play the different genres, so you keep yourself interested in even what you're doing yourself. Yeah. I would say like the number one thing you said out of all that is consistency. Yes. Whatever it is, even if, you know, you put out 10 pieces of content and like nine of them are like on the scale of one to 10, threes and fours, and then you got one 10 piece, you still put out 10 pieces of content. So that's cool. Like, right. Just keep putting out content. And then the more you do, it's practice. The more you put out content, the more you're getting feedback, the more you realize what people want and the more you can satisfy and get more followers, views, get paid, all that shit. So yeah, get more gigs, whatever you're aiming for. Content is king these days. So put that shit out. <laughs> it's true. No, Whatever no. you got. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Podcasts, no, and Instagram videos. Exactly. TikTok, I'm, I, I'm, I agree. And, and I think you're great at that. I mean, we haven't even mentioned that you're on uh, Sirius XM every week, right? On Globalization Radio, Pitbull Station. Yeah. Shout out to Edwin. Thank you for uh, putting me on Sirius. It's been six years now or so. Um, yeah. Every week. I'm all channel 13, uh, 6 p.m. PST. <laughs> Uh, every great. Thursday, yeah. That's so. amazing. And that's been going for over six years, right? Yes. Um, which is a great a great outlet to kind of connect with other people you'd never know. There yeah. is actually there's been a couple times that people in real life have mentioned or have um uh I wouldn't say recognize me because it's not like you see my face, but yeah. they'll see my name and be like, 
are you the same beat check that's on Sirius XM? I'm like, yeah, I am. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> so that's kind of a cool yeah. little thing that makes you smile when people, because you're like, somebody's listening to me. Like, yay. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and I mean, Sirius nice. XM is huge. You're all over the place, you know? So people could be listening for, is it only USA or is it the whole world? I want to say it's USA and Canada. If, yeah. But you, you okay. could definitely correct me on that. But no, I think, I think it's you're USA right. and Canada. I think you're right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's huge. Um, what's your focus with that show? Is it just, is it like a one hour mix show of party stuff? Yeah. It's basically just um, op- open format, but, you know, radio stuff, the newest stuff, the newest trends. Yeah. It's kind of a little bit Latin influence. It's Pitbull. So, you know, right. um, definitely like, but I would say they don't force that on anybody, which is kind of a good thing because it gives everybody room to breathe and be their own type of DJ. Granted, you are still playing radio music, radio hip hop, radio dance music, radio, mostly everything, but you're able to get away with what, um, you know, like little things that make you stand out, you know, whatever it is that you do. Um, Yeah, they don't, they're not choking you too tight on any sort of genre. But um, right. it's great. Yeah, I love it. It's it's a nice way too to keep up on new music because you know we're obviously on email chains and here's the new TikTok trends. Here's the newest hits that we need. Here you got to hit these tracks. Bad Bunny got his new track. Listen right. to this. This is killing it in Colombia. This is the new Latin shit. So yeah, you know it's it's a great way to stay up to tempo on new stuff. That's well. cool. What what track. have you learned yeah. from that? Like being on the radio or doing that mix show every week for over six years. Like, how do you keep that fresh or keep having fun with it or any other things you've learned from it? I would say I went through a lull for a second where I was like, this is really exhausting to make this mix every week. Um, I would say it was around the three or four year mark. No, like around four years. I remember thinking like, do I want to continue doing this? Because it was kind of um, hard to keep up. It's every week and you're making a mix. Yeah. And when you make one mix for like a guest station, you fucking kill it. You go hard on the mix. You make sure right. it's top notch. You're going to do all your tricks and bells. Oh my and God. I'm always stressing out when they ask me to do that. I'm like, sure, let's do it. And then the week comes. I'm like, oh my God, what's yeah. happening? <laughs> so I can't exactly. imagine and every so, week for six years. <laughs> yeah. You're definitely not making like your best mix every week. Don't get me wrong. I still give a quality mix every week, of but um, many times I have to uh, make it on Ableton because I'm flying. I'm out of town. I yeah. can't make a live mix. So um, I'm always going to give a quality mix, but there are some weeks where it'll just be you know, I'm just playing songs. There we go. Here's, here's the content. (laughs) So, you know, I had to finally find my comfort zone for that to be able to mentally be able to do it every week and be happy doing it. Uh, and I found that. So it was kind of like right after that lull, I found my footing and I was like, okay, I can do this every week. And so here we are still six years later, seven years, six, seven, Six. Six. I'm like, I can't remember if it started in 2015 or 16. You could ask Edwin, but whenever right. they started the station, that's when I was on it. Oh, that's amazing. Since the beginning. I mean, that's a <laughs> testament to your DJing and to everything. So that's huge. Congrats. Thanks. <laughs> Blood out. I enjoy Blood playing on there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to learn to say it just like him. Blood out. <laughs> Blood out. <laughs> I'll have him on here one day. I'll be like, hey, I'm doing this for you, dude. Um, and but, so uh, it's. Well, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Were you saying something? No, no, I was going to say that. Sorry, just it's a little bit off subject. But yeah. the fact that you have, um, you know, sound bites and stuff, that was another thing that helped me on Twitch was uh, getting GIFs and sound bites. Yeah. And just anything where I didn't constantly have to be on film the whole time. I'm like, right. if I need to like break to do anything, I'm going to go get a glass of water, I got to go pee or something, you know, 
put some something on. So I would just play, you know, little movie clips or whatever the, you know, was appropriate for the genre that I'm playing. I would have, yeah. I have so many different scenes and just different gifs that go with it. So I just think that helps. You just, they reminded me of it. Sorry. Offset yeah, there. no, 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 <laughs> it's true. No, honestly, please say it all you want, because that's the kind of stuff I think uh, people listening to that want to get into Twitch or want to get better at it. Those are little things that we take for granted now after doing Twitch for a long time. But before you realize it, like I remember the first time I realized, oh wait, I can just have little TikTok videos or a or a sort of a screen with a TV and a graphic going if I want to like like you said, go get a drink, go to the bathroom, walk around, just take myself off camera and just DJ. Yeah, like and not, not have someone be analyzing my face or my fingers <laughs> or something. Right. You know what I mean? It's like commenting on every little thing I'm doing. So that's yeah. what I did. I had to build up like same thing, like be able to put graphics up there or something that would show, you know, so I could be like, okay, let me get off this screen, but I still want to DJ. Yeah. It gets exhausting, especially cause I don't do, you know, Bella fiasco nine hour sets, which she's just a, a <laughs> goddess for doing that long. That's insane. Um, she but I will do, do that still. Does she? I'm not sure. She, she took a little break for a minute. I think she was visiting family and stuff out of, you know, um, I think in the Philippines or something, oh, but yeah. when she came, back she's streaming again but i'm not sure how long her sets are lately but she's been known though to do these crazy long sets which i think is a beast oh uh, God, so cool but i would say mine on average are around four hours but my rave capes tend to go like seven hours because oh i'm just having God. fun i have so much music where i'm like i don't get to play any of this shit anymore i'm literally playing like Benassi tracks from 2010 like some <laughs> fetty legrand whatever you know just fun stuff that you don't get to play too much anymore yeah and so um yeah, went off subject again. Yeah, Hold no, on. no, no, it's all good. <laughs> what was the point of what I was talking about? I got excited we talking, talking about, about Twitch <laughs> and being able to put, uh, yeah, different different graphics and go with the themes and stuff. Yeah. But um, well, well, totally. so as and back to the like Pitbull and globalization. Um, the other thing that you've that you do with Pitbull or is that you're you've opened for him at some of his concerts, right? Yeah, so um, I've done the ones here in Vegas a couple of times. Nice. Um, what was that like? Like, I think I did it last year. It was awesome because they're usually sold out. I mean, it's Pitbull. Yeah. So, yeah, it's awesome. But, I mean, I had a little experience because I opened for Jordan Sparks um, on a couple oh, okay. U.S. tours. And so it was usually, like, radio music festivals. So there's, like, thousands of people. They're obviously there for all these artists. But I get to go up there and do my thing because I'm opening for her. So, well, I wouldn't really like open for her. She would be like an act. And then I would um, do like a little five minute thing and then intro her and all this stuff. So it's like there was something about that that got me a little more comfortable playing in front of these, you know, 10, yeah. 15, 20,000 crowds. Right. Um, but yeah, I opened for Pitbull a couple times here in Las Vegas and uh, it was cool. It was one, a really cool experience. Two, great on your resume. It's like, hey, I opened for Pitbull. Yeah. <laughs> cool um <laughs> totally. and it's just fun good photo ops it just looks good oh yeah know? so that's so cool that's Definitely. amazing and um you also do, you know among the million other things you do uh, is uh <laughs> is music production right you produce music you make edits you make uh, like all types of custom things right um what's some stuff you're working on now or that you've done or what kind of stuff do you like to make so before um, the pandemic, I was producing a lot more and like, I would mainly make a ton of stuff that was just for my personal use. I put a couple remixes, I think on DJ city or something, but nothing too much. Right. 
And um, it wasn't really like my focus. I liked doing it and I love to make, um, what my thing was, was making songs that generally were hard to play in the club, more bouncy and more clubby. Yeah, you could yeah. play them in the club because they were hits, but they weren't exactly club ready. Right. So I would do that stuff, but I would, I'm one of those people that was always like self-conscious of my production. So I'm like, I'm going to make it for myself and use it because I like it, but I don't want to like put it out there because I'm scared of rejection. But um, <laughs> so I, you know, and then uh, my fiance, he was going to remodel our studio, which is because he, he's an audio engineer. Oh, okay. So he um, got all kinds of toys and stuff. He works with like musicians and whatnot and often gets deals where he can get cool stuff and nice. synthesizers and just fucking cool stuff. So we got a really dope studio. But he, he tore it down because he was going to set it back up. But then he went on tour, so it was just torn down. Right. And by no means do you need a studio to produce. You can just have your laptop and stuff. But it kind of got pushed to the wayside when Twitch happened because I was so busy doing graphic yeah, design only and so actually streaming. Right. That's a lot. Right. Yeah. So I put it to the side. But I just recently started um, dipping back into it because he set it back up finally. He got off tour and he's back home. So he set up the studio again. So I'm nice. like, okay. Let me get my feet back in the pool here because uh, I really do enjoy producing music. And um, yeah, I definitely want to put some shit out. <laughs> again yeah. yeah, you should. What kind of stuff do you like to focus on? Like dance music or anything else? Dance music. Yeah. yeah. Dance. Um, yeah, like more like more like house. So nothing like EDM-y really. Just yeah. more bouncy type house tracks. And definitely just trying to remix whatever's kind of already out so that I can play it in my sets in a different way. Right. Um, and then oftentimes, like, see, my issue with uh, producing is I am terrible at ending things. So I'll make thick parts of it, and then that's what I use for my sets, cause I, but I don't want to put it out because it's not a whole song. Right. <laughs> it's just what I need for, like, my sets. Yeah, and I that's understand. what I have an issue with is finishing shit. So Ugh, that's oftentimes, like whatever. I think that's probably one of the number one things all producers have a problem with. You know, is the finishing, is the end, and actually just being able to decide when it's done. That because you could work on it for an infinite amount of time, really. Yeah, and then there's so much. Um, there's certain record pools where, like, uh, I'll hear some remixes, where I'm like, "Why is this even up? This is terrible." So I didn't want to like be putting out remixes where people would be thinking that of my music even so just another layer of what it's going to hold me back to be putting stuff out right but um and there's it's saturated the market with like remixers and djs who are so good that i'm like let me practice some more <laughs> you know True. before i actually start submitting my stuff so I that's what. and then though, also just being the, busy with everything yeah there are like there's a lack of women um making like dj edits i feel like unless i'm just tripping yeah but i just feel like no you're not tripping okay you're not that we should be making a lot more i do feel like because there are amazing women producers and and songwriters and remixers and i play you know a lot of their stuff and but i feel like making just kind of the standard dj edits there aren't many many yeah uh, and that's actually out. kind of what i like to make so I, I need to start finishing stuff and putting it out and now that my studio is set back up i and like twitch is a little bit more streamlined i don't have to put so much work into that i can actually focus on other things now yeah production being one of them so i want to get i definitely want to get back into that and like i said i like making dj edits stuff for yeah. djs to use in the club because i'm a dj an open format dj who needs these right. things so, yeah because most women producers are edm producers tech house so they're making what they make to play at these festivals and stuff. This is not for DJs, really. Right. So, yeah. Do DJ it. edits. Girls, <laughs> let's get on it, ladies. Come on. Let's do it. <laughs>
um, <laughs> right? Like it's all easy. Just like, just do it. Just do it. Come on. Um, well, you right. seem to be able to do a lot of things. So I'm sure that's something you're, you're good at as well. Um, a lot but, of YouTube videos, lots and lots of YouTube videos. <laughs> um, going back to some of the stuff we were saying in the beginning about like your Vegas gigs and getting, you know, you, you moved there nine years ago and you've honestly done a lot of stuff within that time. Um, especially counting a pandemic that shut everything down for a couple of years within that, yeah. within those nine years. Do you have any tips for people out there that are, let's say moving to Vegas or moving to a new city that want to get gigs? Like how did you go about even trying to DJ in any of these places when you first got there? Or did you already have the connection? Like you said, you were working with Tau Group before you moved. So the random way that I got involved with Tau Group was uh, by chance. I, since I'm from LA, I knew a lot of just LA people and people who throw clubs out there and whatnot. First of all, my answer to that is network the okay. fuck out of everything. You have to be there. Yeah. And you could go and nothing could happen like a hundred times, but then the one time something happens. So you have to network. That's like my number one thing. And what do you, just to Tau clarify, I think I know what you're saying, but just for people listening, you mean go to the place that you want to DJ. Yeah, go to the place. And Literally don't be like, there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, usually it helps if you know somebody that's there. Don't be a clingy asshole. Don't be that guy that's like being too much. Just be there yes. and let it all happen organically. It doesn't have to, you don't have to like network the fuck out of every night. You just kind of yeah. got to be there and stuff happens or doesn't happen. But that's just part of what networking is and DJing is. You don't want to be annoying. You don't want to bug. Definitely don't go asking for things. Just show face. Go to the dinner. You kind of got to do the after hours things once in a while. It's like, there's just like a little... It's hard to explain, I guess, but because some people think networking means go there and give out your business card to every single person you meet. And hi, right. I'm so and so, and let me let me play your clubs. You know, it's not like that. Yeah. It's just and they expect making connections, instant, uh, instant gratification or instant something happening. But like you said, sometimes there's places that I went 50 times before I even had the conversation about someone of even working together or doing anything. You know, and a lot of times yeah. it was out of genuine support or genuine wanting to hear the other DJs and you have to soak up that environment to even know that you could be a valuable asset to them or bring something to the table rather than just like, yo, this seems dope. Let me be in here. I'll kill it. It's like, no, like go hear all the other DJs that they do like, go see what the vibe is, go see what happens on multiple nights. So you can see different crowds and, and really yeah. you're, you're doing your research. So, so you're a knowledgeable person that they can trust in the, in the long run rather than just like, yeah, what's up? I'm a DJ. How do I get in? You know, like you said, I kill the shit. I fucking smash yeah, this room. Yeah, just like Book asking me. for shit or being <laughs> annoying. So I think it's so true what you're saying. There's like a fine line between all of it, between being persistent and being annoying and being networky and being just a normal person. But you that that's the way. That's what I always tell people too. Is exactly what you said. Yeah, I almost don't even want to use the word network because people it's people like will perceive it differently and right. then it's like no i didn't mean go do what you just did <laughs> i <Yes>. meant <laughs> yeah. man if i could like add up the amount of hours that i went out and just existed in a room with these people that i want to be same you know associating with without having anything happen without saying anything yeah. without pushing anything i mean shoot i could just go on for days but yep. it's just the magic happens once in a long while at a late night you were at a club and then they went to the strip club and you got invited so you're like 
I'm going to the strip club. All right, here we go. And I'm not saying if you're not comfortable in strip clubs, I'm not saying you have to go to the strip clubs. You have it just sometimes <laughs> the magic happens at like not the event that you went to. You know, you might go to dinner after late night, you know, pho or something. Right. And um, now you're sitting at a table face to face. And that's sometimes where the magic happens. And, and these are, I think and I brought for, up strip club because I'm in Las Vegas. I was going to say, for people listening, these are very Vegas uh, after the yeah, club true. thing. Going to a strip club at 4 a.m., <laughs> probably not happening in a lot of cities. Vegas happening. Going to uh, pho, eating soup with nightclub people at, while the sun's coming up. Very yeah. Vegas. Uh, See, they, I'm, I've I'm done all bit, of these yeah, it's things. Gonna, <laughs> It's going to be biased because I'm in Las Vegas. This is what people do after. And this is a 24-hour city. So there's right. always things open. There's an after-hours spot, right. after-hours restaurant. But that's the and place like people want to play. Yeah, that's where people want to exactly. play is Vegas. And those are the things you got to do. And also, don't that's get too do. fucked up. Like, like blown oh, for sure. out. Yeah, just that's the a most, it, You're just, nobody wants to be with you after that. You know what I mean? So you got to like, yes, no. if you're going to drink with everyone, that's fine. But be able to like be a normal person and hold your own and go to the after yeah. place and not make a fool of yourself and throw Know your limits for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's people I know that can actually get shit faced and be cool. Like right. they're fucking smashed and they're cool. And then there's people who have like four shots and they're like being an idiot. And you're yeah. like, yeah. I've seen it happen and it's really, it's totally. cringy for the person watching and obviously for the person who's doing it, you know, yes. so don't be that guy, <laughs> you know, they'll get, like just, yeah, know your, know your limitations and how much you can, can or can't drink and just, you know, yeah, just be mature about it, <laughs> but have fun. I mean, Vegas is Vegas. It's still going to be people doing idiot things. Like we've all yeah. gone crazy here, drank a lot, whatever. So it's not like you have to be, you know, stiff stew or whatever, just like. You know, don't be an idiot. <laughs> That's all I guess. Stiff stew sounds like a garbage pail kid or something, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You get it. <laughs> yes. No, totally get it. So no, um, I feel like I've always loved DJing enough to never get discouraged by rejection to the point of quitting. That really never crossed my mind. Um like it genuinely never has crossed my mind to That's quit because great. I felt yeah. like I was yeah, like I never felt like so defeated that I just was like, well, this is not for me. Um, right. I've always just found other outlets. If this didn't work out, okay, well, I still have these things. And I think that's right. the beauty of building a career in DJing rather than getting lucky overnight because you knew the owner, you were a model turned DJ. Yeah. You got these festivals after two weeks of DJing, you know, because that's the kind of things I think where if you get a hard, you know, a rejection or something, it could really bring you down. When you've built up your career over 15, 20 years and you have all these things that you've done, accolades, just things, it's like you only fall down like a little step like in your, <laughs> in your mind or whatever because you're like, okay, this didn't work out, but it's okay. I have all these other things that I could focus on. Right. So I'm, I don't get discouraged to the point of quitting or anything like that at this point. That's or good. not even when I first started. Especially when you're first starting, you're so hungry. You're like, nothing could make me not want to do this. Right. <laughs> you know, so. That's yeah. true. That's true. Um, um, yeah, it was, I, I really fell in love with it. That's yeah. great. Um, yeah, I know. Cause yeah, some people, you know, you get hit with some stuff and they're like, Oh God, I don't know if I can do this anymore, you know, or something or different things. Yeah. I know? mean, maybe the pandemic when we were like, fuck, I got to yes. figure something else out. Cause I'm not playing any gigs anymore, <laughs> but you know, know. Here, here comes Twitch. So yeah, but yeah, it seems like you really gravitated that. towards Twitch. Plus you've got your other skills and graphic design and so many things, you know, that, that you're able to fall back on. Um, and, um, 
what about like outside of DJing? Like, do you do anything or you just love DJing so much? You're 24 hours a day <laughs> DJing. <laughs> that's it. That's all I do is DJ 24 <laughs> hours a day. <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> like you have no, other I mean, interests or things you like to do or. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think like now that um, pre-pandemic before I was doing Twitch, um, I do remember when I was DJing at night and I was like, this is even before I came to Vegas, actually, because oh, that was another thing. I wanted to tell the story of how I started it with Tau Group. I'll tell it after this. Okay. So I remember I'd be playing nights. You know, I didn't live in Vegas, so I wasn't playing pool parties. There's not really anywhere else besides Vegas or like Miami or something. Yeah. So I was, that's when I went to school for graphic design. Because I'm like, I'm not doing anything during the day and I feel like I'm wasting time doing nothing. Like when I could be doing something. Yeah. Because I haven't had a real job since 2011. Wow. Um so yeah, I wasn't working during the day. It was just DJing only. And so, um, I, so I went to school and that kind of filled my day up. Okay, cool. I'm doing this. And then I got in with, um, Intel group and then I moved to Vegas and started doing all that. So then my days were more filled because there's pool parties and stuff. Right. I finished school out here in Vegas. So, okay. um, but aside from like the graphic design and DJing, that's pretty much all I did. I mean, aside from like fun stuff, like traveling, um yeah i mean normal stuff there's not really any other like i mean i draw that's my art was my first love right oh yeah um, i saw you so post a really that. cool video of you like kind of a time lapse <laughs> i haven't thing. drawn anything in a while and i had a dream and i was like i'm gonna draw celia cruz yeah it was great <laughs> so that's where that came from um, and you yeah, do that, that drawing i definitely do that that's cool you do it on twitch you said sometimes too right so how i incorporated it with twitch is like i'm not gonna sit there and try to like take four hours to draw an actual shaded likeness drawing you know it's um what i do is it's for people who gift subs or a certain amount of you know bits or whatever i have a dry erase board that i have dry erase markers and i have these ad-lib jars so i'll dip in the ad-lib jars and it's like an adjective a noun and some sort of action so it'll say like you know a surprised apple washing a car so then i gotta draw a surprise <laughs> to apple washing a car but I, I pick it on screen it's just these popsicle sticks with words on them i pick it on the screen and i show it to them this is what i'm drawing y'all and then i have Amazing. a camera on the whiteboard and i draw it in about the length of a song or so so about four minutes three four minutes and um it's fun because they can watch me draw it but i've been recently trying to move that to an ipad so they can actually see a flat screen through procreate so i can draw on there and make it more quality yeah but that's where that came about because i wanted to like i said throw everything i got at twitch what else can i do what else can i put on here right and that was just an idea i had oh that's cool that's yeah. great um what about um your influences like when you started to get into djing and started noticing you know you said tiesto um were there other people that you looked up to um or maybe that you knew that that you looked up to in the dj world um, um, so what, yeah, well, initially got me into DJing was going to raves and watching those DJs like right. Panasi and Tiesto. Okay. And then, um, once I got, I remember my first open format gig. So what had happened was when they started kind of cracking down in LA on little raves that were being thrown, you yeah. know, they were really cracking down. So all of my little backyard party raves and warehouse raves and stuff, stuff that, and stuff yeah. started drying up. So I'm like, ah, I think I have to start doing open format to, to still DJ because yeah. I love to DJ, but I had no experience playing hip hop or uh, anything radio. I was like, I don't really know how to get into this world. My first gig was this little 
um, shout out to my homie, Mark. He gave me this gig. He did, you know, a lot of, at the time, they probably still do them now, but restaurants will be a restaurant during the day, a little nightclub at night. Yeah. Kind of turn into it. So there's this place in Roland Heights in California called um, Coconut Bay or Banana Bay, something like that. And it was just a little, like a Thai or Vietnamese restaurant during the day and they turned into a club at night. And it was my first open format gig and I practiced. And at the time I used to work at the bank. I was a bank teller. This yeah. is like 2000 and like, I don't know, 10 or nine. Right. And um, I remember, no, even earlier, like 2008. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. I um, <laughs> was like so nervous to play my first open format gig that I was like going to throw up type like nervous. And that never happens to me. Even now I can be nervous about something, but not as nervous as I was that one time. <laughs> I felt so out of my element. <laughs> right. But once I played that gig and I did okay, um, I started watching other DJs who played open format and getting familiar. And Tina T was one of the first women that I came across that she was obviously phenomenal. Yeah, and, she's um, great. come to know her now. She's an amazing person. She was a, like really actually so nice back then too, without even knowing her. Right. Cause I emailed her on MySpace and I was like, can you give me some advice? And she, uh, <laughs> That's Very great. graciously did give me advice. She's super. I love Tina. She's amazing. Oh, yeah. Me too. And obviously She's a phenomenal DJ. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. And then, I, yeah, I would go to, um, uh, like, just try to see other DJs. Um, I remember, um, who was, like, the names that I thought of then? Um, I remember AM2. I was, like, enamored with how he mixed fucking everything. And I was like, dang, right. that's cool. Like, uh, at the time, to me, that felt very difficult. I'm like, I don't, like, how do you possibly mix in this with that? So that's my first experience. He was my first experience hearing somebody mix like that. Right. Not that there wasn't other DJs who were doing that, but that's just who I first heard. Yeah. And now there's guys like you, Four Colored Zach, um, Scene. These are all DJs I look up to because you guys are just so, first of all, technically good, technically good and skilled. And then also your knowledge of music and the way that you guys put it together is just fucking cool so oh, <laughs> y'all are ones that i look up to yeah and whenever i hear four colors zach here in vegas i'm there because he's so good i know um, yeah his energy so is great he's so super creative just funny like yeah he, he knows how to yeah. really incorporate and now he's on scam so it's oh yeah gotta have <laughs> Dude, a scam connection <laughs> understatement of the year <laughs> yeah he definitely can incorporate he's probably my favorite dj if not like top three but um yeah, same yeah so, yeah, guys like you who can just mix everything and under the sun and do it well. Those uh, are the people I look up to. Amazing. Because <laughs> well, it's thanks. hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I love, that's my favorite kind of stuff, too. Um, yeah. What about, like, lately, is there any music you've been playing in the clubs that's been working or at, like, events? I, I feel like peop someone hit me up recently, like, what's the big songs right now? And I'm like, the same ones from last year. <laughs> like, I, I'm still, yeah. it's weird. There's no, like, the <laughs> you know, huge ones, like. Lately. Yeah. I was listening to the road podcast about, um, Oh yeah. That song of the summer episode. Yeah. And they all had different things. Somebody said like Lizzo's and I was like, nah. And then no. somebody said something else. I don't and think I've ever like, nah. played. Then, I've maybe played a remix of that song here and there, but I feel like song of the summer yeah. has to be that you have to play it at everywhere, even from a corporate gig to a nightclub gig type song, you know? Totally. Or like, so I would say last summer's was Pepas, you know, yeah. obviously it was so huge. I, I remember like hearing in Miami. this summer it was just as big almost. Oh yeah, because it's a classic now, but at the time yeah. it was brand new. So it right. was like the song. True. Now, 
I forgot which one of the guys on that podcast brought it up, but um, Titi Me Pregunto with you know Bad Bunny, that yeah. song, I feel like that's, if they had to, if I had to pick one, I'd be like, that sounds more like it's in the ballpark of Song of the Summer. Because I mean, yeah. Bad Bunny could like burp on the mic and people would be like, oh my God, <laughs> this is classic. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so um, I would say, yeah, that one, but um. I don't think that's what you asked me. I think I got off subject. Oh, I was just saying any any new music in like clubs that that's oh, working yeah. for you in clubs and events or something. Yeah, I feel like I could go into that Bad Bunny requesting, but that's tired and been talked about a ton. <laughs> well, obviously, Bad Bunny stuff works. You know, yeah. I mean, it's like you can't people can't get enough. I know. Like you can play it and then I'm like bring I'll, it back. I'll play, play a bunch of his songs. Yeah, I don't care. I just want people to have fun. So. I actually didn't mind it. It's only when people get like pushy about it. It's like, right. get the fuck out of here. Like, the, I hate, I don't yeah. mind requests. I genuinely Same. don't. I don't you talk like to me the right way. To request. Exactly. It's just, yeah. it's how you people go about it. <laughs> yeah. See, it's like, cause when I think about it, when I think, do I actually mind requests? No. Um, but if you come at me thinking like I am obligated to play your request, no, it's not going to happen. And now you've pissed me off. Go away. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> now you're never getting it. So, yeah, but I would say, like you were saying, most of the songs that hit this summer are the same ones that were last summer. And it's been a nice way to, um, I felt like I've brought back a lot of classics that are maybe 2010, 12, 13s that have kind of, because once in a while I'll go deep into my crates and clean yeah. up shit and um, reorganize. And, you, you know, you, you see songs, you're like, damn, that would probably hit in the clubs right now. Oh, I'm going to play. I, that's just what I've know. been going through in the past few weeks, too. I brought back so many songs from 2012. Yeah. Between 2009 to 2013, there's all these songs that now, first of all, like the 21, 25-year-old, you know, crowd never heard loud in a club you know they were like 10 years yeah. old so it's like but they know the songs but so they know the song but to hear it loud with the bass going through their body and like you know it's just a different feeling so so they you know even avici and like stuff like that like you could bring it back and the old calvin harris and um those kind totally. of things yeah. yeah that stuff definitely works and i feel like um us djs who've kind of been in the game for a while you know how you used yeah. to get away with opening the clubs with like the early 2000s hip-hop and like you know yes there's still the classics that you could drop that everybody's gonna know but generally speaking you kind of gotta like lay light on the early 2000s stuff because these kids who are partying now don't even know that shit like right. the early shit they're gonna hear is like 2009 10 11 like that's the stuff they're gonna recognize and so that should be the early stuff that you're even opening with i mean right. it's a case-by-case -case basis if you see an older crowd you're gonna play what you play but yeah. i mean I've had to know, I've noticed in Vegas clubs, especially too, you, I've played, I've played Senorita, Justin Timberlake, yeah. and I saw these girls at this table. This is a Tao, Las Vegas. I was playing Senorita, which, I mean, who doesn't, uh, like, to me that song, yes, it's a little old, but it didn't feel that old. And uh, now listen, you know, and these yeah, girls go, I just see them from my peripheral vision. The girls go like, who is this? Like, what is this song? You know, <laughs> who is this? And I was like, oh, it hurt. You know, I was like, dang, dang, is that really where we're at now and uh they were obviously very young they maybe looked 21 22 well that's the thing but, um, that song probably came out 20 years ago right yeah but it wasn't like playing biggie or something so in my I head know. it didn't feel like that old and now i'm like wait that is that old so i really it have is. to you know but like the stuff that they came out in 2010 11 12 that's definitely stuff that hits for these kids who are now in their early 20s partying the gen gen z yeah right the so. names are yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it hits even for uh, people our age that are just you know enjoying being in the club and these are all jams that they heard on like whether the radio or the clubs at the time 
you know, so yeah. all that stuff works still. Yeah. Um, I asked uh, the internet if they had any questions for you. Um, I, ha- I have a few if uh, I can ask you from Instagram yes. and stuff. <laughs> um, let's see. And if you don't want to answer any of them, all good. Or some of them you may have answered <laughs> already. It's not that many, but uh, let's okay. see. We got S-W-S-T-E-F. I don't know if that's S-W-Steph or something. Um, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, have, I struggle with screen I names think sometimes. So, so if she said, do you have any advice for women who are trying to make it in the DJ industry? Okay. I feel like the subject, like, has Speak been asked of us <laughs> so many. No, I am understand the need for women empowerment because generally speaking we don't get the same level of whatever the fuck as men right but in my head i hate being like the subject so much because um i'm fucking tired of talking about just women against men in the industry yes. and it's no, like i agree uh, with you like that's why i try <laughs> to even with these interviews a lot of the time i try to approach it um to me, I'm not like, oh, today I'm interviewing a female DJ or a woman DJ or, Thank you oh my God, today I'm, because... I'm talking to a man. Let me make sure I get my man questions going. You know, like, I'm just right? like, we're all DJs. We're all music people. We're all into different aspects of this whole f- world that we all love. Yeah. And so to me, I, I do, and no offense to whoever asked that question. Um, exactly. That's what I'm going to say. And really I'm quick. happy that she did person. so yeah. we can talk about this because- I feel like there is two sides of it because sometimes it's like, oh, you're you're not doing enough women empowerment and you're not giving women enough shine. And I'm like, uh, but then on the it other hand, nuts, it's honestly. like, it's oh, hard. Yeah. And also the percentage, the amount of women that are in the industry, I think is less than men. So it gets to be hard to, you know, with the showcasing and who's on the bill. Um, but at the same time, I, I understand both sides of it. But yes, like when I... When I hear that question, I'm like, it's almost like goes back to the conversation of what we said, go to the club and hang out and do the thing. It doesn't, you could be non-binary. You could be a woman. You could be a man. You could be anything. It doesn't matter what you are. You could be trans. You could be literally anything. And you, my advice for anybody trying to be the same approach. Exactly. Like, I don't think if a woman, it's not like, oh, well, you got to wear this kind of shirt and then talk to them like this. Like. I think it really doesn't matter these days. And anybody that's putting a lot of emphasis on that is a little bit living in the past in a way. Although there's, but but it is a bigger conversation. Like, for example, I do a lot of corporate events or I do a lot of like these movie premieres and stuff. And more and more, I'll get hit up and they'll be like, do you know any women DJs that are good? And it's like, they only want a woman DJ. So I don't know how that plays into the conversation exactly, but you know, there's something that some, that, that is what some corporations are just looking for. Um, but I think on the other side of things of something like that, like, do you have advice for women trying to break in? I think you do the same thing as everybody else, but yeah, I'll let you finish speaking on it, but I, I, I'm glad (laughs) to hear your, not, I'm not trying to give my, you know, but I'm glad to hear that you think like that as well. Yeah, so I'm not naive to think that there aren't um, pros and cons with each gender in the industry. And I don't want to um, not be sensitive to any women who may have had a bad experience 
uh, or, or think some way. This is just my personal opinion because please don't be upset. Anybody listening, if you're a woman and you've, and you've been fighting for women's rights and all this stuff, like that's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. Amazing for you. And I'm so glad that you do that. But at the same time, um, for me, I just, I don't want to be thought of as a female DJ. I don't want to be booked on a gimmick. I don't want right. to be booked on an all female lineup and then be advertised as such. I don't want to be booked on princess Fridays or fucking, you know, just women empowerment Wednesdays. Like, I oh, that just drives me nuts because I don't right. want to be singled out like that. I just want to be a DJ. Yeah. I don't want to be like, you don't say, Oh, we got an all male lineup today. Exactly. You know? That's like, what I'm saying. It's like, so funny. Yeah. Fucking male DJs. Now it's kind of sounding like, is this like a, you know what? Right. It sounds ridiculous to say that. So why shouldn't it sound just as ridiculous to say that about women? Right. And like, again, it's not to say or be insensitive to any woman who's been mistreated, especially it, it was worse in the past. Um, I think now, like you mentioned, we're much like more forward. We're past that to an extent. There are still issues, none of which are in my like pay grade because like I sometimes like I know I can say and do things to help maybe but I don't know what they are and as right now I feel like to even speak about it separates us and I don't want to separate women and men men in the DJ industry we're just DJs we just do what we do and there are some women who maybe do want to be considered um a woman female and be like you know put into that genre and there's nothing wrong with that personally I don't I just want to be a DJ like yeah I don't want to be a female DJ. Right. <laughs> you know, that's how I look like, at you. And I've always looked same. at you. Yeah. I've looked at you just as a DJ and we're all just in this together. I've never thought, Oh, well, she's a girl DJ or female DJ. Or, or she's great for a girl. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, yeah. Like that's, that's, a, that's a to me, that's old school <laughs> thinking and that's just stupid. And it makes no sense yeah. at all. You know what I mean? And like, it's not like yeah. we're, you know? Yeah. So all right, that's interesting. Yeah, to answer that question, though, is uh, for the person who asked. Um, basically, I would tell you the same thing I would tell a guy, any DJ trying to come up. Um, yeah. Just obviously, first of all, be good so that when you do get an opportunity, you can smash it. Yes. Um, make sure you hang out with the people whose positions you want to be in. Don't be an idiot and try to bug and, you know, here, take my stuff and listen to me and book me. Yeah. Just be there, learn, understand what's going on, try to emulate the kind of people that you look up to and want to be like and just learn yeah network practice all that good stuff and it'll all make sense it's kind of hard to just you know there's you your dj you know there's not a one size fits all here's what you should do you know it's kind yeah. of a generalization this is how you should learn and grow and watch right and figure out where, where you need to be but that's for any male dj woman dj i don't care if you're LGBTQ plus trans. <laughs> if you're an alien, I don't care. This is for everybody. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of the advice you gave earlier was precisely just for that as well. So that's all yeah. smart stuff. Um, all right. Let's see. We got Gertie four three five seven that just said, "How's Lawrence?" <laughs> I don't know what that. Oh, means. <laughs> actually, is that your Lawrence cat is right here? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Lawrence. Oh, okay. From your Okay, stream. Lawrence is this little pig um, that I found. I was on. There you go. He's, um, he's fine, first of all. <laughs> I found him randomly. I was at Tiki Beach in Rhode Island. Um, uh, actually, watching Edwin was DJ. Edwin Phenom. Oh, yeah. DJ I saw Phenom. you guys were out there for that with Vinny Vibe and stuff. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, Vinny was there. Um, and uh, this little pig, he was just laying in the sand. He was just so cute. And he just... <laughs> I picked him up and I made him my little mascot. So his name's Lawrence and he just kind of shows up on my stream. He goes on trips with me. 
That's where that is. Oh my <laughs> He's God. just my new little mascot. <laughs> Lawrence. You know the fucking vibes. You know the vibes, Lawrence. <laughs> you know the fucking vibes. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Let's see. We kind of got this answer, but if there's anything else you want to add to it. Drum Crazy 936 asked, what were some of her first gigs? Oh, yeah. So um, those ones I was ta talking about, I would literally play these backyard raves like literally backyards i started to do some warehouse stuff but first picture the 17 year old girl dragging my coffin and everything down the streets of compton by myself in my little <laughs> hyundai tiburon like when i think about it now i'm i'm that was so dangerous um not oh only because God. some of the neighborhoods were a little questionable but i literally have all my equipment i know i'm by myself i'm young it's just expensive stuff so it's like you know some because some right. gigs i would just show up and play but some i'd bring my equipment and at that age, you're like, sure, I'll do this whole entire gig with all my equipment for $200, you yeah. know? And it's just yeah. like, oh, my God. So um, I did a lot of parties in and around LA area. Just, just yeah. Doing that, it that like was that. My, my very first club gig was in Azusa, California at the D Club. I don't think it's there anymore. Okay. Just one of those, you know, random suburb city clubs. Yeah. I got booked to play before the club opened. <laughs> so I was, my dad was there. I literally just love my dad's there. There's nobody in there. It's just me and I'm playing a set, but I mean, it was, it's That's cool to great. look back now and like, cause it's a cute story. Like yeah. nobody should be thrown to like the best gigs at first. Obviously no. you need the experience of all these weird situations and, and gigs and sets that maybe you wouldn't, you know, Look twice at now, but at the time it was like the best thing that ever happened to you. Remember, you know, when you first see your name on a flyer, you're like, oh my God, I'm a real DJ. I'm on a flyer. <laughs> yeah, so, I know. Yeah, those amazing. are some of my first gigs. <laughs> That's dope. That's amazing. <laughs> um, all right, let's see. We got one more. It's, I, I think the name is Fun. I can't, I don't know. F U N G. No worries. I'm sure. U N Fun Guiana 814. <laughs> Hard to read these Instagram names. Um, how does she deal with the naysayers or the people that always have negative shit to say? Damn, you got a lot of people like that. Um, <laughs> um I mean, in, I'm not sure in what regard this person means, but I mean, Either. everybody's going to have, like, this is another subject I hate talking about haters. Like, who gives a shit about haters? Like, nobody gives <laughs> right. a fuck. People just do it for attention. They hate, people who hate are miserable. Misery loves company. Yeah. I am... I think the older I get now too, the more genuinely happy I am for my peers doing big things. Yeah. Um, I think when I was younger, in my early 20s, I was, you know, we all go through like a phase of why not me? How come I can't get that gig? I'm just as good as that person or I, you know, whatever. I don't think like that at all anymore. Right. I, I feel like I stay in my lane. I do what I know and how I can grow and become better. And when I see my peers, who I would consider, you know, we're on the same level, whatever, when they get this cool ass gig or they're doing big things, I'm like fucking right on. Yes. So if there's people talking shit, like I don't care. Like, and uh, I just focus on what is best for me, how I can improve myself and my career and my job and my life. So yeah, I don't think anybody should care about because the people talking shit, they're just miserable. That's yes. Like the only, <laughs> totally. I don't think they're, anybody they're genuinely happy with <laughs> they're projecting. And like, at the end of the day, it's you versus you. Like you said, you're the only one that can, you know, be in control of your own stuff and build it up. And there's no point yeah. to even pay attention. Like you that. can't exactly just keep doing you and people are going to talk shit regardless. 
especially the more success you have, there's going to be people like, oh my God, I can't believe this so-and-so person is doing this. Like, oh, they, they suck or whatever. And it's just like, people are going to say what they say because they want attention. So yes, that's how I deal with that. I just don't. <laughs> I just say, okay, cool. <laughs> Thanks don't for your uh, input. Yeah. Let them, <laughs> yeah, right? let them sit in their miserable hole of complaining and getting mad at pointless crap. <laughs> exactly. It's just so, un- there's even people who troll on Instagram. I mean, on Twitch sometimes right. who will come in and just, just to get a rise out of people. They'll be like, Oh, like they'll just say, say some horribly derogatory things. And it's so terribly placed that it's almost comical. Yeah. So there's exactly. that, that makes it easier to deal with. Like you're yeah. just kind of like, okay, it's like ridiculous. They clearly came in with guns a blazing, you know, yeah. and, it's just and like, a lot of times they're them. like 11, you know what I mean? It's- <laughs> Keyboard wires, you know, right. bangers. That's what I'm saying. Like when, no when I, like we used to like crank call people and, you know, it was like before like trolling on the internet, you just like call some weird yeah. number. Like, I feel like that's what it is. Like little kids or just miserable adults that just are writing things, you know, they're just unhappy or just trying to get attention or something. Yeah. I think it's unhappy people honestly trying to, um, if they see somebody happy, they don't like it because they're not yeah. happy. So they try to say something to bring them down or put them in their place. Like uh, if somebody, let's say I've seen this in um, uh, like a chat actually not too long ago. This, it was a girl, she was DJing and she's beautiful. And somebody was like, Oh, you're only fucking, you know, getting numbers cause you're tits and ass, you know? And it's right. just like, there's no need to say something like that to somebody. Like, first of all, that's not the case. She's a well-respected great DJ. And yeah. it's just like, like people will come in and say things like that just to make you feel Totally. Some type of way. So yeah. the more you can just flick people away, like bye, the easier everything becomes in you know creative field. So yes, I agree. Yeah, you have to be able. It's like the, like we talked about in the beginning with the managers saying things to you. You have to be able to just let these things like wash over you and just have the self esteem and be like, look, I know who I am. I know what I want to do. I know what I have done. And uh, yeah, and you know your weaknesses already. You don't need yeah. somebody to point them out to you. Like if somebody tells me something that I actually am not like good at or whatever i'm like well that's fair but also like you're not helping me or you're not it's not going to make me feel bad basically i'll right. just like you don't need to tell me what i'm good or not good at <laughs> like i'm aware <laughs> what i'm getting not good at right so yeah just let it t- keep a thick skin i just you know don't deal with that shit at all yeah that's what you see like with comedy shows forward. like comedians will like come out first off and just make fun of themselves like everything that anybody's thinking you know some stereotypical thing about damn it's like yeah you took all my ammo shit you just came yeah, out so like it's like all right i'll yeah, make fun you- <laughs> of myself and then you got nothing you can't even hurt me you know it's like yeah, exactly um, there you go that's true <laughs> beat him to it yeah um, amazing. Well, um, is there any other thing, uh, you want to kind of promote or talk about or any kind of words for the DJs you want to say that we weren't able to speak on yet? Um, you know, probably when we hang up, I'm like, dang, I should have asked about that. <laughs> but as of right now, there's nothing that comes to mind. I mean, it's been a good convo. I think we, uh, covered a lot of fun stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, for anybody who, you know, is interested in watching me on Twitch, Twitch slash VTech the DJ, same okay. as my, all my socials. Um, so yeah, everything's VTech I mean, the DJ, uh, Instagram, yeah. Twitch, all of it. I guess yeah, one thing I did want to ask, I, th- I may have mentioned it earlier, but is like just being in Vegas for those nine years and DJing in all those clubs. I know every time I go to Vegas, I the people watching is incredible. The I always have some sort of weird top notch, sto- you know. Yeah, top notch. <laughs> I always have some sort of weird story after a night. Like you must have seen some of the craziest things ever. Does anything stand out to you as like just like 
an, uh, you know, amazing Vegas story or just some ridiculous thing you've seen uh, after a DJ night? Yeah. Most of the time, most of the things that stick out in my head is all things Encore Beach Club. <laughs> like what? Give that us place something. Is so a couple huge. stories or something. So, first of all, you've seen a lot of, um, a simple one is a lot of bad plastic surgery where you're like, whoa, that's shit you see on TMZ or something that's weird. <laughs> oh I did God. see people actively having sex at Encore Beach Club and I was kind of wow. appalled that nobody had caught them yet because that's clearly not allowed. Um, <laughs> and it was like happening for like a good 30 seconds before, because I'm like, I saw it happening because you're observing from that big platform. You can oh, see yeah. everything in a place is huge. Oh, uh, yeah. And I remember <laughs> yeah, seeing it and I'm like, and finally they got, you know, told to stop or I don't know if they got kicked out or whatever, but <laughs> yeah. I've seen other sexual acts happening there. Maybe not active, you know, yes. sex, but just other things in the pool. You could see there's clearly things going on. And then, um, Actually, I do have a funny story. I don't even know if I should tell this. Yes, you should. Definitely. <laughs> it's actually, okay, it's actually about me. Okay. <clears throat> when I first moved to Vegas, this is horrible. Um, I was at Excess Night Swim, uh, and I was in the pool, and I was drinking, and I had just gone to go get shots for my friends. I went to the bar, and um, I couldn't really hold everything nicely, so I was like, I'm going to take one of these shots. And like, I take this shot, and I get in the pool, and it's packed. It's a fucking party night. You know, it's excess night swim. It's crazy big, busy. Right. And I take the shot and I'm holding these drinks and I'm like trying not to get water in them. And I'm like, okay, I'm feeling sick all of a sudden. Almost like I couldn't, uh, like that didn't sit right with me, that shot. And I have to throw up. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm in the pool because you do not ever want to be that guy. Never. No. Anybody listening, don't be that guy ever. <laughs> Excuse yourself and leave. But I'm in the pool and I'm holding drinks and I'm like, oh my God, all my options are like, non-existent and i'm like oh no it's happening so i throw up in my mouth oh, and i re-swallow it no i'm gonna throw up <laughs> it was that bad because not only oh. is it gross to throw up in your mouth and swallow it but i um <laughs> had just taken a shot so there's vodka in there and uh it was probably the worst oh, God. i can't say the worst thing that's ever happened to me but very much up this is why i'm telling the story just because it's an interesting vegas story it is and it reminded me of it when i was talking about weird shit that happens at pool parties <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't put, I didn't throw up in the pool and I felt so proud of myself as disgusting as that is. I literally <laughs> so threw up in my mouth. Wow. I know. I literally threw up in my mouth and re-swallowed it and nothing was like, oh, I still had my shots and I'm like, oh my God, this is so fucking terrible. Like I felt so disgusting inside, but also I was like a little proud of myself because I didn't throw up in the pool. <laughs> and anyways, I didn't tell anybody about that until afterwards. That's and um, that's. I don't even know why I felt compelled to tell you that story no, now. No, that's gross, good. That, that's, I'm uh, sure there's other weird shit like happening to people in Vegas like that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that's some Vegas... Uh, you know the fucking vibes? Vibes right there. <laughs> <laughs> there was another time I was at Excess um, and I was in the restroom and there was a girl passed out in the stall underneath mine. Like her whole body was in my stall. And I'm like, of course, I got to take a picture first, and then I got her help. But I had to take a picture. I posted it on Instagram or on my I – don't, I don't think it was when stories were there. But I was like, this is what's happening in Las Vegas right now. And then, of course, I got her help and made sure she was okay. She just was drunk, and I think maybe right. she was at, she, at some point throwing up or not. She needed a nap. Right she, but she was straight up like in my stall. Like oh. I walked in, I'm like, wow, there's a whole ass girl in here. Yeah, so there's plenty of stuff like girl. that that happens. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I saw a girl getting dragged out by her friends, and she had poop running down her leg. Oh, um, God. That's crazy. Yeah, no, was, I've like, gotten into an probably, elevator, and dude's just been like – 
he was hold, you know, like the bar where like where you're standing, you can like hold it by your waist or something. But he was like on the ground holding onto <laughs> it, but passed out with just like I don't know what was running down his chest and coming yeah. out of his pants. And I was like, yo, this is crazy right now. So. Yeah, and it's like I've been here so long. I've seen like very similar things like that. It usually has to do with people being either messed up on drugs, yeah, or really really drunk. So I've seen Vegas a lot. Mostly stories like that. <laughs> Vegas, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Vegas, baby. You need that sound bite. Vegas, baby. I know. You're right. I got to take it from that. What movie? Swingers. Vegas, baby. <laughs> yeah, there Your you money, go. baby. That's amazing. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm glad we finally made this happen and I could get to know you better. Yeah, and everybody out there gets to know you better. And hopefully they get to see you DJ on Twitch if they haven't already or get to see you uh, in person. You're Like I said, you're coming to Sacramento. You're in Vegas. You're traveling yeah. all over. Everyone can check your schedule, I'm sure, on the scam site or on your website and all that stuff, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. or follow me on Instagram. I always post my shows on there as well. So. Okay, perfect. Amazing. Come well, VTech. Thank you for having me. It was really fun talking to you. Yes, of course. <laughs> you too. And nice ending with the disgusting story. <laughs> I mean, it's not, you didn't finish the story if it didn't come with a throw up, you know, little exactly. you know, come on. ending stories. Everyone so. has thrown up. <laughs> if you haven't thrown up in Vegas, you've not lived. So Yeah, but like. I thought you were going to say everybody's thrown up in their mouth before. Oh, no. Like, no, I don't think people do that. No, your <laughs> story is gross. unique. <laughs> I've told some. Yeah, I've told some disgusting. serious throw up stories on this uh, podcast before. Like, I I told it on other ones, but like I saw somebody throw up into a fan, and then it went and everybody in the VIP section like she threw up behind the fan and it went into it that's and then horrible shot it forward and nobody knew what was happening they were just like this wet stuff's going all over and then they started smelling it and other people started throwing up and, <laughs> so I guess that puts a good like um, picture to it when the shit hits the fan although glad it wasn't shit but throw up is almost as worse as bad it's just as bad you're right oh my god yeah yeah I, I yeah. and then I told that story on inst like you said I I documented it and then never have DJed at that club ever again. And they hated me after that. So uh, DJs don't tell the story in public after <laughs> I learned that much. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Maybe you can bleep out the club. I said I'd almost throw up in their pull out <laughs> because. No, you're good. You didn't do it. I, I, my, I made, I have a different situation. <laughs> I made you. them, I made them not look good. So. Um, all yeah. right. Amazing. So much fun having you on and, uh, really appreciate it. So and, uh, hopefully I'll see you in person somewhere in Vegas or back yeah. in oh, actually, LA. When are you back in Vegas? You know, not you're for a minute. My like next, I'm at Tau December 2nd, I think, but I don't have anything until then. Okay. So I'll be there when it's cold. Yeah. yeah. Bring your jacket. It's always super cold in December. I know. Nobody realizes right. that. Like, everyone's like, Vegas, hot all the time. Like, that's, I've been there. I've DJed outside when I used to do Trist. It was like 25 degrees, you know, like Fahrenheit. Like, and I was It freezing. can get so cold. I couldn't feel my hands. About, and the New Year's? Yeah. Oh, man. Like, New Year's, too, it's so windy around there for some reason. So, so not windy. only is it cold, it's like 32 degrees, but then right. you have the wind chill, which feels like 20, and you're just dying. It's yeah. so cold. Nobody realizes I DJed at the top that. of... um. Yeah, the top of the Rio one time, and I was freezing. I thought I was going to pass away. I was like, <laughs> I'm so cold. that Because I wasn't properly dressed for how cold it was. And I just wanted to quit. I'm like, I can't feel my hands. Oh, my God. Like, I'm just miserable. Yeah, it me too. So I've done that. I used to do it at Trist because they'd have that waterfall and all the water, and it was so yep. cold. And, like, my whole face was freezing, and my fingers and my hands, and I was trying to, like, put them up to this heater. I'm like, this is brutal. 
but we yeah, made it through. It <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll see you in December, if not sooner than here. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. All right. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Peace. All right. No problem. Talk to you soon. Bye. All right, that was super fun. Thank you to VTech for coming on the show. I was, you know, waiting for this interview for a while and was so cool to learn so much about her. Um, I've known her for a while, but I had not known all of that info. She's incredible. Go check her out on her Twitch or go check her out live uh, when you can. And thank you to her for coming on the show. Thank you guys, the Beat Sorcerers, for listening. As always, we're available on every platform. Rate and review the show on Apple to help us grow. Give us some thumbs up on YouTube. Make some comments. Hit us on Spotify. Do it all. And hit me on my Instagram at DJ Spider, DJ S-P-I-D-E-R. And let me know uh, some topics you want discussed, any questions you got, and all that kind of stuff. The 20 Podcast is produced by Beat Source. Join us next week. For more interviews as we discuss music that matters to DJs, I'm DJ Spider signing off. Peace. And that was The 20 with DJ Spider.